0: What's up, everybody?
1: Welcome back to Mile High Podcast, Episode 190, and today is so exciting because we have our first guest of 2022—none other than Miss Stephanie Harlow—is in the house, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Hello, everybody. How are you? They're good. They're I'm the answer for them. They're, <laughs> they're doing pretty good. I think they're doing really great. They're pretty chill. Uh, I'm Stephanie Harlow. I do true crime on YouTube under the channel Stephanie Harlow, and I also have a true crime podcast that I co-host with retired police detective Derek Lavasser. Uh, those episodes go up every Friday, wherever you get your podcast. We have a YouTube channel, too, where we put those episodes on after and they go up the Wednesday after the podcast goes out. So true and, crime all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and you awesome. guys
0: go really in-depth in, depth in mm-hmm. cases like yes. you guys do. That's what you yeah. Deep
2: dives. Love deep that. Dive. So if yep. you want
0: to get into the nitty gritty of, of cases, Stephanie's where it's at for sure. Yeah.
2: I'm obsessed with context. So yeah, <laughs> it's like I have to know everything about it. And if that's what you like, then I think we'll have fun. Yeah, I, and that's why
1: we have her here today and we chose a case. That probably what do you say this is like the
2: most well-known true crime case ever? I think it's definitely top 3. I, yeah. It has to be, right? It's like Madeline McCann, John mm-hmm. Ramsey, Kaylee hey, Anthony. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree those, those are definitely the top 3.
1: We wanted to get back into John Bonnet Ramsey today because it is a Colorado case. It came all the way from New York. Thank you so much for of coming course. all this way. It's so nice here. It's snowing. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm so, I was like all nervous that cuz we got yeah. quite a bit of snow today. I was nervous that it would be too cold for you but
2: <laughs> you're from New York, pretty close
1: it's to like, Canada so
0: we get like two feet at a time it was only like four inches i think yeah. that we got here mm-hmm. it was like a light dusting compared to very pretty up north yeah, yeah very pretty it is it's kind of pretty out when there's nice powder out there it's like
2: you're living in a snow globe when you're
1: inside yeah. cozy yeah, yeah <laughs> it is nice
0: yeah
2: i've been loving it yeah i get
1: i get cold though i get a little unprepared i don't like driving in it either oh i don't drive. i don't drive in it
2: <laughs> 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 no i don't get it twisted but it's pretty and uh yeah i'm always cold anyways you know it yes, might as well be even more cold. It's better to come here. When I went to Orlando a couple weeks ago, and then I went home, and then I was Ooh. even more cold than I was originally yeah. because you get, like acclimated. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, you get used to like seventy degree weather in Orlando or seventy five, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, go we're home. so
1: excited to have you here today because we, like I said, we wanted to go over John Benet Ramsey because Josh and I covered it in our very early days of podcast years ago. Yeah. It yeah. was a mess, you guys. <laughs> it was back before we used to edit or really prepare much before our shows. We would kind of just. Well, because personally, I like podcasts that are very free flow. That's what I tend to listen to. So when we first started podcasting, we thought that'd kind of be the way we'd approach it. But it's very hard with true crime to do that. You really need structure, you know, you need to organize
0: it in a way that makes sense and go through it in a methodical way, because there's just so much to especially this case that you really need to have, you know, every bit of it researched really well to put it all together. Yeah. And sort of look at it as a whole. So
1: because last time we were, I just remember we kept repeating things. We'd go off on all these tangents. So we're going to be trying trying to be more organized today. And Stephanie has done several deep dives. You've done how many videos on your channel?
2: And, I just did one video on my channel. Just one, but it was Derek and I long. did a three parter on, on John Bonet.
1: That's a lot.
2: Maybe. And how many? How long are your episodes? Oh, two hours. Wow. It's so like so
1: almost there's like
0: six, six hours, hours of jumping.
2: We just did an eight parter on Kaylee Anthony. Eight. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like if we had done John Benet now, when we're like more comfortable with each other and, you know, more comfortable with the the process, we it would have been another Longer. eight-parter. Yeah. yeah. Because there's so much. We were talking about it before. Yep. There's so much in here. And even just the theories, mm-hmm. to, to talk about those theories, you could talk about those for hours yep. and see po- how the yep. evidence fits.
1: Yeah. We were talking about it for at least an hour over lunch, mm-hmm. just kind of starting. So yeah, there's a lot to go over here today. So... It's been a while since we've had a guest on the show, especially with our typical format of kind of going back and forth. So be patient with us as we figure out, you know,
2: sort the of the flow, flow here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> back
1: into it. Yeah. It's going to be good, though. I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on this case. It's such an upsetting one. Yes. But it's such It's a really a horrific case. crime.
0: I mean, it's like it this poor girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a horrific end to her life yeah. and, and way, way too early, obviously, and just... Mm-hmm no justice so far and it's been years now and yeah. it's one of those cases that it just seems so crazy that it's not been solved yet and nobody's been prosecuted for for the murder of john Binet. and with dna testing mm-hmm. and genetic you know genealogy and you know like we've seen recently with golden state killer and other cases where you know they're able to solve these cases with very little dna and yeah. still we don't have anything nothing anything more on John and obviously there's a lot more to that which we'll we'll get into it's
2: almost unbelievable right yeah they have really so much evidence yeah but nothing to go on still yeah, yeah still cold yeah, right? so, it so makes weird. you think yeah hmm. makes you wonder
1: we were discussing that earlier today will it, will it ever actually be solved I, I don't, don't think, think so. so I don't think so either do you think so
0: I don't know. I mean, I think it ultimately comes down to the DNA, but then there's obviously issues with the DNA and there's issues with the control over the DNA as mm-hmm. well. And what will it actually ever make it to, you know, a lab that isn't controlled by the police department or you right. know some third party or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's hard cuz sometimes cases are kind of locked down yeah. by the parties that sort of govern the case, right? And they don't always just allow things you know it seems so simple well why don't we send this dna to every lab in the country and see what And allow Mm -hmm. as many people to work on it as possible have as many you know people who specialize in genetics look at it and Mm -hmm. that just doesn't happen and it's like why 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 doesn't that happen and and that's when you start really getting into the weeds and looking at okay well why are they not trying as hard as possible to solve this case and and then that's when you kind of can even get into some conspiracies and cover ups and things mm-hmm. like that. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, now it's starting to make sense why this is still a cold case after all these years, especially when it was such a high profile case. I mean, this made yeah. international news when it happened. So,
1: oh, it was, especially here in Colorado. I'm, we were kids when it happened. And I just remember people, you know, discussing it all the time. Every time we go to the grocery store, the tabloids are just filled with them. And yeah, I mean, people were completely obsessed with it for years and still are to this day. Now, I'm sure a lot of you guys have your own opinions on it. We'll have to kind of go over everything today, yeah, and maybe yeah. you'll change I think your we have mind some by differing the
0: end. opinions here and yep. and some different ideas of what might have happened. And so, I think this is going to be a really interesting episode. I'm really looking forward to. I think so too. To hearing all of our thoughts on this. Obviously, we're going to start with John Binet and her background, and mm-hmm. take a look at uh, sort of her life leading up to her death. So let's mm-hmm. go ahead and get into that. But this episode of Mile Higher Podcast is actually brought to you by Curology, Health Fresh, ExpressVPN. Babble and the Pill Club, and more on that later. But let's go ahead and dive into the background of John Bennett Ramsey.
2: Okay, so John Bennett Patricia Ramsey was born on August fifth, nineteen ninety, in Atlanta, Georgia, to her parents, John and Patsy Ramsey. What do you think about the fact that her name is John Bennett, and they use John's name and his last name Bennett? Yep. Yeah, or his middle name? Is not that his middle name? Yeah, his middle John name. Bennett. Yeah. yeah. So I talked about that in my YouTube video Mm -hmm. and I said I thought it was a little narcissistic and I got a lot of like pushback. People are like, no, I I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, it's kind of odd, especially because he already had a son from his first marriage, John Jr. Uh,
0: So maybe
2: that's just a thing that they like to do. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's Mm. it's, um, and but Burke Burke has no, no names from John or Patsy. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. That's kind of strange. And He was the first born and the son. Which is the
1: typical? So why her then?
0: Yeah. What's the what's the thinking behind that? Just
1: they should have used like Patrick or something from Patsy, or I
2: guess that's probably where they got Patricia from Patsy. Yes. Yeah. So her middle name is her mother. Yeah. And Burke's just over here like alone. No one cares about you, Burke. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how it seems. hmm. Well, no offense to anybody out there (laughs) who is named after their parents, who has named their kids. After their parents, we are not talking about you. We love you so much. Yeah, (laughs) so much. So, uh, John Bonet's mother, Patricia, AKA Patsy, Ann Ramsey, she was a former beauty pageant queen, uh, Miss West Virginia. But she wasn't just pretty face. You know, she was smart, too. She actually got a journalism degree from WVU. That's what is that? West Virginia University. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And John Bunny's father was a businessman named John Bennett Ramsey. John graduated from the University of Michigan, and he served in the U.S. Navy for 11 years. And there was a, a little bit of an age gap between Patsy mm-hmm. and John. Right. Patsy mm-hmm. was 14 years younger than John. And she was his second wife. She was 23 when they got married in 1980. And John had had three kids from his previous marriage, John Andrew, Beth, and Melinda. But sadly, in 1992, his daughter Beth was killed in a car accident at the age of 22. This does get left out a lot of the times in the retelling yeah. of Jean Bonnet's story. Because what we, what we have to realize here is John Ramsey lost two daughters.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And you usually don't see that. Like, it's bad enough. As a parent, yeah, to lose one, one child in your lifetime, to have to bury two children, oh, it terrible. has to be hard. Yeah, John admitted to the police in 1997 that he cheated on his previous wife, Lucinda, in the late 70s with one of his secretaries, and he said he regretted it. Don't they always regret it?
3: Hmm, of yeah, course.
2: They're always sad about it once they get caught. <laughs> <laughs> and John and Lucinda, they get divorced in 1978, but he reported that there was no infidelity from either him or Patsy their marriage once again don't they always say that (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) so john benet's brother
1: burke ramsey was born in 1987. he was nine years old at the time of john benet's murder burke was more of an introverted kind of withdrawn child pretty shy john started advanced product group in 1989 and the company later merged with two other companies to form access graphics a computer service company and he became the CEO and president of that company. And the Boulder Chamber of Commerce named him Entrepreneur of the Year in 1996 after the company grossed $1 billion. John Bonet was born in 1990. And shortly after she was born, the family moved to Boulder, Colorado for John's work. Melinda and John Andrew had rooms in the Ramsey family home as well. So Patsy Ramsey was really big into the pageant scene. And she had entered John Bonet in beauty contests ever since she was a child. She won her first pageant at four years old and won five more over the next two years. She competed in many more as well. She was just naturally beautiful and a really charming little girl. Bonnet was kind of like Patsy's living doll. She was definitely living vicariously through her daughter and her pageant life. And she'd sometimes even bleach
2: Bonnet's hair to make her look blonder. And you know, she's not that old there. She looks like she could be 11 or 12. Yeah, that's the kind of
0: creepy thing to me about Mm -hmm. pageantry is like you're aging your child. From yeah. a a child to look like a grown adult, like
2: that's, that's what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. creepy. Yeah, you're putting your child. Yeah, in front of adults to be judged based on their physical appearance, and people say, "Oh, there's talent portions." Okay, great. Then don't do a physical appearance. Yeah, portion. Take all that out and just make it a talent show. They're a child. They're developing their yep. self-esteem. They're developing their self-confidence. And they're not mm-hmm. gonna do that by parading in front of adults and getting like numbers thrown up about how good they look. It's yeah. so disturbing. I mm-hmm. can't even imagine the psychiatric effects of
1: going through something like that as a kid. Mm.
2: So a childhood
1: friend of Jean Bonnet said that once she asked Jean Bonnet about all the fancy crowns that she had in her room, and Jean Bonnet explained that they were from beauty pageants, but she told the friend that they were more like her mom's crowns. So that tells you really all you need to know right there. John really didn't like that his daughter was competing in all these pageants at her young age, but he was so busy with work that he let Patsy manage the kids. And outside of pageants, Bonnet was a normal little girl. She was kind of like a tomboy who liked to play outside, get messy,
2: and ride her bike. If you look at pictures of her without makeup on, she looks like a different child. No, yeah. it's so true. Yeah. She looks, she's obviously gorgeous, mm-hmm. r- whichever way you look at her, but she looks like a completely different child. She yeah, looks fresh really does healthy. She looks like a kid that loves to play outside and, you mm-hmm. know, a skin knee wouldn't bother her. And then the the makeup pictures, she looks like, like you said, like a little China doll, a little yep. fragile doll that needs to be handled with care.
1: JonBenet was known as a kind, extroverted, and beautiful little girl. And everyone was insanely captivated by her natural charm and grace. The Ramsey family overall was kind of picture perfect. The kids were attractive and well-behaved. The family was wealthy. John was successful, and his wife was young and attractive. They had a nice house, a really nice house, on 15th Street in the Upper University Hill neighborhood in Boulder.
4: The front of the home makes the house look much smaller than it is. It is a massive home, 7,000 square feet. The size comes from its length and height. It stretches back and upward on the lot. There are four floors in this home. (laughs) jean Bonet's body was found in this corner of the basement of the home. Her bedroom is here on the second floor. This is the balcony outside her bedroom. Inside, wow, nice. it is all white. Mm. It was a very colorful room with wall hangings, toys, stuffed animals, a bright-colored bedspread. This is Jean-Benet's bathroom. God, it's Next huge. to the bathroom mm. is the door leading directly from her bedroom to the balcony beautiful. To give you some perspective, Jean Benet's bedroom is behind and above me. On the other end of the house is her brother Burke's bedroom. Above Burke's bedroom is where her parents' bed was. Mm-hmm. So sure. she was all
2: alone on mm-hmm. that side of the house, essentially, from the way I understood it. Yeah. Uh, John and Patsy had like the entire top floor, but their bedroom, like almost as a master suite, but their yeah. bedroom was on the one side over Burke's. So John Benet, the youngest, mm-hmm. is all the way at the other end of that ginormous house mm-hmm. by herself yeah and with that balcony i'd be freaked out having my kid absolutely in there alone, alone. Yeah. yeah that's insane
1: who needs that big of a house with, with just two kids too i know it's a good point because well the other older ones would come sometimes stay there but they
2: can sleep on the couch like normal people <laughs> 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 they don't need their own bedrooms because they're there Seriously. once a year yeah. come on man <laughs> well when
1: you got that much money and you own a billion dollar company Ew! You just spare no expense. Well, it's like
0: it's status, too. It's just mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. it's it's a way to, you know, portray to the, the world and neighborhood that, yep. you know, this is the Ramsey's house. Yep. Look how successful we are. And, yeah. you know, Boulder we're so successful. Yeah, also a
4: very, like, it is rich. Well, I mean, there's areas that are very wealthy, very, mm-hmm. like, high class. A lot of yeah. people have, like, houses in the mountains there mm-hmm. and stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely in certain communities because there's definitely a more chill, hippie community there right. as well. Yeah. I, don't,
2: I don't understand it. Like, she's so young. I want my kids to be very close to me, yeah. you know, like my five-year-old sleeps in. Oh, that's how we're going to be. Yeah. My five-year-old sleeps in the bed with us. And it yeah. makes me nervous when she's in her bedroom, which is just like one flight up and with mm-hmm. the other two kids right with her. And so I like to keep her close to have her on the other side of the house and a balcony off her bed and yeah. her own like bathroom where you see that bathroom. That's an accident yeah. way to happen for a little girl. Marble all over. Oh, seriously. She could fall, crack her head. You Easily. wouldn't even hear her crying. You wouldn't know until you went looking for her. Yeah. So you're placing status and money over having your family close together and safe and protected. It's interesting you said that. That kind of gave me a thought. Right? Mm. Me too, as soon as I said it. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're sharing a brain right now. Yeah.
1: Mm. (laughs) Anyway, we'll continue.
0: Well, the house is like a, it's called a Tudor style house. So it's like very, it's, there's multiple staircases. It's very chopped up. I mean, again, it's four floors. I It's hard
1: to keep track of your kids in that.
0: Yeah. I mean, they don't really make houses with four floors anymore. It's more, you know, you have a basement, Mm -hmm. a main level, and then a second level but it's really two stories when you think about it versus yeah three stories uh-huh. so yep. it's i mean it's just that much more space and separation between you know your children and I mean, be one thing if they had like eight kids or something like that where they needed like you said stephanie you need all of those bedrooms in that that room but again it's just two two young children in this big old house
2: and look how big it is you guys decorate for christmas right like your, your house yeah i mean but it's hard because yes. we will like, look more when we have a kid yeah but. but you're like oh this is like who has all This Patsy put a Christmas tree in every single room. Yes, she did. Yep. Every room was decorated. All of those rooms on all of the floors, all decorated. Like, you don't, you need a hobby. Yep.
0: Right. Well, it's (laughs) It's classic, like, housewife situation, Mm -hmm. you know, like, all those shows. That's what, that's their main focus in their life is, like, decorating their house, having the coolest Mm -hmm. party, which family is going to have the most decorated, lavish parties. And that's really important to them.
2: And what do you win? What do you gain from that? Guess notoriety. Jealousy from the other wives. Yeah, probably.
1: God, it's like, it reminds me of the Grinch.
4: <laughs> Betty! <laughs> <hi>. <laughs> so right.
1: anyway, like we were saying, Patsy was a housewife who loved throwing really elaborate parties and socializing. The house was beautifully decorated and always in order. She was very well put together herself, always had beautiful hair, manicured nails, and perfect makeup. So let's see what their Christmas morning looked like in 1994
0: and 1993.
4: I think the sound cuts out for this one. Okay. Like often. Oh. So cute. I know. Yeah, their house is very like done up. Oh, yeah.
2: It looks like it's out of a magazine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Like that's not real. Patsy would have loved Instagram, man. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, should have thrived on that.
4: Pinterest,
2: <clears throat> yeah, Pinterest. That?
0: Wow, look at that doll! Life she's doll. like, You
2: can't just make cupcakes for your kid, you know, you have to make cupcakes with like houses and peacocks right on top right of on them, top? <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> oh, mm. my, a little Barbie Lamborghini. <laughs> awesome. oh, she's,
1: so yeah. she's so
0: cute, she's yeah, so
1: sad to watch yeah. this, they
0: really got it all, man. Yeah, they, they really do getting the... yeah, those
1: cards, especially back then, those expensive stuff.
0: Williams. Sounds like John is the one recording potentially, or is John even in this? Clip? I don't know. I'm guessing he's. Recording. I'm assuming yeah. he's home for Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She probably
2: that, hires someone to recording. record their Christmas morning videos. You know, she yeah. got like a professional, like <laughs> videographer yeah. come over. Yeah. yeah in the morning, make sure you get my good side, yeah. Jack. Oh yeah,
1: here's their Christmas greeting. This is always interesting oh, to watch. Fun, it's so yeah. perfect. Hello, I'm Hatsy Ramsey. Daddy's not here, but this is John Benet. Oh. Oh. She's Daddy's four. Daddy's never there. Seven. And we'd like to welcome you to our home and wish you a very Merry
2: Christmas. Yo, that's a train track around. Did you see the train track around the tree? Yep. They have a train going around their tree. Yep, the classic.
0: What's up with, like, the gremlin Santa sitting on the chair?
2: Gremlin Santa?
4: I didn't see, Did you that. see There the- was a Santa, like climbing the little ladder though no in the oh, chair though oh, if really? you yeah look back, at the, back.
0: like i just am so weirded out by this giant santa like <laughs> what, oh, what is oh, that oh, thing? That's, that's horrifying that's, it looks uh, like john john the grinch in santa he's form he's standing
1: in for daddy that's john We're rams daddy. Daddy. John <laughs> <for a day>. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like this is john what? yeah oh, that's. that's weird weird i mean he looking. probably did as much as john did when he was home sat in a chair and said nothing and wished he wasn't there. So, so who accurate. was filming that? Do you think she set up a tripod? She definitely set up a tripod. Yeah, it kind of looks that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So John is not there on Christmas. John no, well. worked
1: a lot. Yeah, he's making the money because they yeah. had two private planes, a vacation home in Michigan, mm-hmm. and a yacht. John was a pilot and he flew planes often. So, of course, he loved to have all of these toys. So John and Patsy also had gardeners, nannies, and housekeepers, so their monthly payroll was getting pretty big there. Mm -hmm. And one of the housekeepers was a woman named Linda Hoffman. Patsy was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer in 1993, and she went into remission after treatment for that.
0: But in 1993, John Bonet's toileting and eating habits started to worsen. She was wetting the bed, and this drove Patsy crazy. Linda wrote that Patsy would sometimes take John Bonet in the bathroom to punish her for bedwetting, Mm. which I'm just like, why'd she get so mad about bedwetting? Like they have maids there and stuff to like clean the sheets. That's a good
2: point. Regardless of that, it's the kid can't help it. Right. It's like
0: (laughs) pretty normal behavior. You
2: don't need a lot of brain cells to understand that like obviously Mm -hmm. the child would not be wetting their bed if they could help it. They don't want to do that. It's an unconscious thing. And it usually signals stress in that child's life mm-hmm. something going on in the child's life yeah, or a medical condition right which i'm pretty sure a doctor later a pediatrician later ruled out a medical reason for her mm-hmm. urinating in the bed so yeah. what kind of stress was this little girl going through in her life and i can't stand parents that get mad at their kids for wetting the bed i want to punch them That's in bullshit. their faces yeah yeah i need to imagine all the stress that she's going through just for the pageants and now you know? she's scared because every time she's wets the bed, she's scared she's going to get in trouble for it. Instead mm-hmm. of having an accepting mother who opens her arms and mm-hmm. said, it's okay, honey. Like, that happens to all of us, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah.
2: That's what John Bonet needed. It's so sad
1: thinking about what she went through. Yeah. Like, what her short life was actually like.
0: Well, and Burke also had a problem with bedwetting as well as fecal smearing. Mm-hmm. A former housekeeper reported that once during Patsy's uh, bout with cancer, Burke smeared feces on the walls of the bathroom. hmm and once Linda found fecal matter the size of a grapefruit in John Benet's bed, and it was unclear whose feces it was. Melinda, their stepsister, also apparently had issues with bedwetting when she was a child. So it's possible that the bedwetting was a genetic issue. But like Stephanie said, most likely it was probably due to some sort yeah. of stress or other other thing going on. They're both on. living in
2: the same home. Yeah. So. If you look at the common denominator between these three kids who had problems with bedwetting, yeah. it's the parents. Yep. I mean, not with Melinda, obviously, but mm-hmm.
1: John. I'm not saying bedwet- bedwetting is always because of the parents. Obviously, there's several other factors that can contribute to that. But it's interesting to note here, considering their lifestyle.
0: Exactly. But well, let's look at uh, John Binet's medical history here for a second. So in July 1993, this was when Patsy was diagnosed with cancer, and this was when the doctor noted that John Bonet was regressing in toilet and eating habits. On December 31st, 1993, John Bonet was still drinking from a bottle. Her parents had trouble weaning her off. And then in September 1994, John Bonet had a bladder infection with vaginal discharge. She was diagnosed with vaginitis and given amoxicillin. John Bonet was also having repeated infections and illnesses of the sinus, and her symptoms included coughing, congestion, fatigue, poor sleep, and grouchiness, diarrhea, rashes, and low appetite. And the doctor suggested Fifth disease, which is a common childhood illness.
1: I don't know anything about that. Do you?
2: Yeah. My, yeah. Fifth disease. It's, it usually comes with, yeah, rash. Yep. Hmm. The rash is usually the first thing you'll notice, um, in kids, but hmm. yeah, it's, it's all these other symptoms though. I don't, I don't know about that probably, but did they suggest it or did they diagnose it? Like yeah. if you're a doctor, you shouldn't be suggest. It's not like online. You should be telling me whether my child yeah. has this right, or not.
1: Right. right? Yeah. Maybe so, they just brought it up and then they never went further. Yeah, they confirm. never followed up. Yeah.
0: So, sometime before October 1994, Burke apparently hit John Bonet with a golf club. And apparently, this was an accident, but the injury left a scar on her cheek. And a week after the accident, the family consulted a plastic surgeon about John Binet's injury. And at the time, John Bonet was still wearing pull ups at night for bedwetting. Okay, so now we're going to jump forward from 1994 to now 1996 on Christmas morning. when the murder happened. But before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
2: So on Christmas morning, 1996, the Ramsey family opened presents at their house. Around 5 or 6 p.m., the Ramseys, they went to uh, family friends. They went to the home of family friends, Priscilla and Fleet White. They went there for a Christmas party. They brought the kids and, you know, it was a pretty normal party. Um, John Bonet and Burke played with the White's children and Fleet, Priscilla, John, and Patsy, they sat around talking like a normal Christmas party. Mm-hmm. The Ramseys returned home from the White's Christmas party at around 10 p.m. They put the kids to bed shortly after. And then Patsy and John went to bed at around 10.30 p.m. Now, it's funny because this small detail does pop up constantly mm-hmm. where some sources, like, and I think it's John Ramsey's retelling of it. He told some people later that Jean Benet fell asleep in the car and then he carried her in and put her to bed. But he told other people right. and other sources that she was awake, they went into bed, he got her ready for bed and read her a bedtime story before coming downstairs. So I know it's something small, but it does show a slight inconsistency in the retelling of what happened that night. Yeah, especially if this is your last night with your child, you'd think you'd remember it. You really would. Yeah. Burke admitted that he had snuck downstairs to play with his toys that night. He told this to Dr. Phil in the later infamous interview. And it's unknown when he returned to his room. But at some point between 8 p.m. and 11 p.m. that night, Jean Bonnet had eaten some pineapple from the Ramsey house. And, you know, it also this is another thing because there was pineapple at the Ramsey house, but there was also pineapple, Fleet White believed, in the fruit cocktail they had served at their house for Christmas. So once again, Mm. it's kind of it's not really clear where she ate the pineapple, but we do know that later when when she is found dead, it's in her stomach and not very well digested. So it should have been quickly right. before it her. seemed like recent. Yeah. And that was a favorite snack of theirs too, right? Pineapple definitely. and milk. Yeah, definitely Burke. Burke loved his pineapple and milk.
1: It's so random. I had never heard of that before, but it honestly
2: sounds kind of good. Some medical investigators reported that the pineapple would have been consumed one and a half to two hours Before she was strangled and killed. Mm -hmm. And this pineapple was matched by investigators to a bowl of pineapple found in the Ramsey kitchen. So when they all got up the next morning, there was still a bowl of pineapple on the counter. And there was also a glass of like iced tea. Um, So whoever had had eaten the night before, and it's still Mm -hmm. unclear who had eaten the pineapple the night before. Um, whoever ate it just kind of left it there, which to me doesn't suggest it was one of the adults. Yeah, right. Because they'd probably know, or they put it in the dishwasher or something yeah, when they're right. Finished, they would just leave it out. Them of yeah. all people, I mean, not me. I would definitely leave it on the counter all night. <laughs> or maybe they were used to just leaving stuff
1: out because the it house cleaner made. normally takes care of it, and she was probably off for Christmas. Yeah. Hmm,
2: that's possible. See, that's
1: the thing is, there's so many.
2: Bits that you just wonder about because they didn't give the full story. Well, and because they didn't talk to police yeah. afterwards. They yep. made them wait for months. And by that time, right. even their recollections of that night are yeah. going to be so foggy. Which is understandable. At some point between 11 p.m. and around 12 midnight that night, Jean Benet suffered a massive blow to her head. Between 12 a.m. and 1 a.m., Jean Benet was sexually assaulted. And it's estimated that Jean Benet died due to strangulation at around 1 a.m., but the family reported that they had slept through the night. Um, John said that he took melatonin that night. Nobody in the house reported hearing any disturbances. Mm-hmm. Nobody heard any screams. But once again, as we've already covered, John Bonet is on the opposite side of the house right. from all her other family. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's it would be probably more impactful if we could go to that house and walk through it to show you yeah. that it's 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 a big house and it would it's quite a hike from one end to the other. So yeah. even if something had happened, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't have heard it. Yeah, that's a good point. So how it seems that it happened, from what I remember, Patsy wakes up. They're going to Michigan, right, mm-hmm. to their house there. Yeah. She loved that house in Michigan. She said it was the most lovely place in the world. They're taking they're taking their private plane to oh, Michigan. Oh. What a life. Um, what a life, exactly. You don't have to go through airport security. Come on. Oh, that would be nice. So she gets up and she actually dressed in the same clothes she'd had on the night before, according to Patsy. She had taken off this pair of black velvet pants and the red sweater. And she kind of put them over the bathtub before she went to bed the night before. She woke up, put those same clothes on. Mm -hmm. Now, there's two staircases in this house, right? There's one staircase that's like the main staircase. And Mm -hmm. then there's a spiral one that's kind of like the back staircase. Mm -hmm. And this was the one that Patsy would always take to go downstairs in the morning because it led to the kitchen. And that was the first thing she would do in the morning, make coffee. So Patsy's going down the spiral staircase to make the coffee. And that's Mm -hmm. when she claims she saw a note. On the stairs, and she's like, What is this note? And it was addressed to John Ramsey. Now, Patsy said initially she thought that this might have been a note from their housekeeper who had off for Christmas. Yeah. Apparently, the housekeeper had asked to borrow some money uh just the past week. And so Patsy thought, well, maybe this is you know a note to John telling him when the money's coming, or maybe this is the money. Yeah. So she opened it and she found this ransom note. And that's when she woke up, John. She yelled, John, go check John Bonnet's room. Uh, John went to go check John Bonet's room. John Bonet wasn't there, but Burke was still in his room sleeping soundly, according to our parents. But I mean, also, we have to remember, like, these people told so many different stories. Yeah. They went in for their first police interview, right? Mm -hmm. And they talked to the police like the day that that John Bonet was missing. And then when they went in for their next one, months later, they actually asked for a copy of their initial reports to the police so that they would know what they had said initially so that their stories wouldn't change that much. And that's, I think that's very suspicious. Oh, it's very suspicious. Yeah. So this is a very long ransom note. It's probably the longest ransom note I've ever seen in my life.
0: But it's very important to this case.
2: Very right? important. But it's on three sheets of paper. Yeah. So somebody took the time to write a ransom note on three sheets of right. paper. With in a, their home, too. Yeah, with a bunch of details that's, that's really not needed, right? Yes. Yeah. So it says, Mr. Ramsey. Listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We do respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed. And if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate-sized attaché to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence a earlier delivery pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions, and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow brain, John. You're not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good Southern common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John. And then it's signed, victory, S-B-T-C. So there's a lot to unpack here. A lot.
0: Yeah. That's yes. the wildest ransom note I've ever heard.
2: It is. It's so lengthy.
0: The first thing that jumps out to me is the attache. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, that's such a random word to throw in there. Mm-hmm. And that's like French origin. But I don't, I don't know. It's like, weird. Hey, you can say bag. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. like
2: because they're trying to make them seem like they're a foreign, foreign faction. Group. Yeah. yeah.
0: And why in what world is like a French foreign faction kidnapping people? I don't know. You know what? What, no what,
2: what world? Movies. Yeah. yeah. Movies. Yep. Which whoever wrote this Sounds watched like a, a lot of them. Spy yep. movies. Yep. And Ransom had just come out. Ransom with Mel Gibson came out just the month before mm. this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Sounds yeah. a lot like that for sure.
2: But I mean, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Like the time, Um, you know, the amount of money. We'll talk about that later. But it says, I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery is exhausting, I advise you be well rested. What, <gasps> they, the, the, the letter was left after the entire family was asleep, right? Yeah. So, so how are they how expecting are they them know? to get
0: the money by 8 to yeah. 10 a.m.? And
2: how are they expecting them to be well, well rested, rested or yep. get, follow the instructions of being well rested when they're not even going to get the letter until, until they, they wake up. up? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's, it's extremely weird. And um, he, this whoever's writing the letter, we're a small foreign faction, but they go back and forth between saying, follow our instructions and mm-hmm. follow my instructions. They go back and forth between talking like in a group and talking in an individual, which lets yeah. me know that this is no group. This is an individual who just keeps forgetting they're supposed to be part of a group.
1: And what type of foreign faction or like, you know, professional group would be writing this in the home on the day? And asking for only
2: $118,000. Yeah, which...
1: Is very if you're gonna go through all that trouble, you'd think
0: you'd be trying to get as much money from John as possible. Yeah, and you know
2: he's got a lot of it because, yeah. like you said, you know his his business earnings—that's all mm-hmm. public
0: knowledge, right? Right.
2: You don't know exactly how much is in his bank account, but if you mm-hmm. do the math, you figure he's at least millions. Of- yes. Yep.
0: He's got at least a few mil that he could spare. I mean, a hundred thousand for him would be like change—that's just like spare yeah. change to him. So, yeah. their personal
2: banker told the police earlier, like one hundred eighteen thousand dollars is a drop. Compared to what right. John Ramsey has in the bank? Yep.
0: Why go to such great lengths to kidnap his daughter for a hundred thousand dollars? It just doesn't doesn't add up at all. No. It doesn't make any logical sense from a like even a criminal's perspective. Like, why would you go through such great risk mm-hmm. for a hundred thousand dollars when you know if you're smart that this guy has millions of dollars?
1: Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Plus, it's such a specific number, and we know that that was the exact number of his yeah. bonus. And yeah, like John you Ramsey's s- bonus, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And like you said, Stephanie, with the the movie references, I mean, mm-hmm. it just seems yeah. like really. Does. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, he she dies. dies. Yeah, stray like dog. what? Yeah. Who even would so say odd. something like that? It's
2: like a it's like a, a Dick Tracy kind of thing. Yeah, here mm-hmm. if you catch her talking, you know, like yeah. an yeah. old gangster movie, totally. Kind of. And uh, it's it's odd. And um the last paragraph. It's like this personal attack, kind of. Like, Mm -hmm. don't try to grow brain, John. You're not the only fat cat. Like, who talks like that? Who talks like that? Definitely no foreign factions are talking like fat cat. No, using that
0: type of, like, vernacular.
2: No, and then use that good southern common sense of yours. So somebody knows he's from Atlanta. I'm like, yes, that's probably publicly available. But the amount of his bonus wasn't publicly available. No, it wasn't.
1: And it's pretty creatively written, you know, for having to rush this note while the family is asleep and you're in the house just doesn't make any sense. But does it sound genuine? No, no,
2: right? It sounds like somebody was like, "How would a like gangster murderer yeah. foreign faction talk in the yep. most cartoonish, like exaggerated way possible?" That's exactly what it sounds like. A real foreign faction who's like legit enough to be scanning you for electronic yeah. devices and monitoring your yeah. house to make sure you don't right. make any calls. They're gonna write like three sentences. We have your daughter. Yeah. We want one hundred eighteen thousand dollars they do it. And wow. they're going to write that shit in advance. They're not yeah. going to
1: do it at their house the day of. It makes no sense.
2: And they're not going to leave a letter. They usually call and be like, yo, mm-hmm. we got her. You know, that's a good point. Leaving a letter handwritten on top of that. Yep. Handwritten. This is it's, it's not to, you know, 2022, but it's nineteen ninety six eight. Mm-hmm. They have computers and typewriters. Six. Yep.
0: Yeah. And the asking for. The hundred thousand and hundred dollar bills, but then the remaining eighteen thousand and twenty dollar bills. What what does that even mean? No like, reason to do that. That's just like so extra to put that in there so that extra. it's unbelievable. Like it's just completely unbelievable. Mm-hmm. This note makes no sense whatsoever.
2: That's what I'm saying, and that's why you know we were talking about the theories earlier, and I was like, I could follow you down the path of any theory, but this note will always come back to me and be the one thing that sticks out and prevents Touch me from yeah really thinking like. Yeah. Some random, like, murderer, some random pedophile. Yeah. They're not going to do this. They don't care. That's not their goal. Right. Yeah. Their goal, they've already completed it. Right. I completely agree.
1: So Patsy ran up to John JonBenet's room after she found the note and saw that she was gone. And, of course, she started panicking and screaming as any mother would. Then she checked on Burke, who apparently hadn't been woken up by her screaming. And the Ramsey said that he continued to sleep in his room while his mother went back downstairs. Burke, on the other hand, says that he woke up to his mom running around the room saying, where's my baby? And he did not leave his room after she left. So he was awake at that point. From <laughs> We know this from the Dr. Phil interview. That's Yeah, we can't use Dr. Phil because he's really tight on the copyright, but it's a pretty interesting interview if you haven't seen it. I think it's pretty telling.
2: So let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. You're about to become parents. Yes. If you get a note like this and the note's like, do not call nine one one, or we're going to kill your daughter. Are you calling nine one one? Yes, really. Oh,
1: no. no. Now, that, now that I really think about no, it, no,
0: I'm thinking about it for a while before I just jump on the phone. And call I think my first
1: thought would be two, but then I probably have a second thought. You'd have I a conversation know. with your husband right. at least, right? right?
2: Yeah. So no, that's true.
1: At least I, yeah, I would. I would go to Josh and be like, "What should we do?
2: Yeah. So look, it says five fifty two a.m. Nine one called. Yep. Patsy woke up a little bit after five. Mm-hmm. This is enough time to find the note. You know, run around screaming Burke's, in mm-hmm. Burke's room. Realize John Benet's not there, and have a conversation with John about whether or not you think it's a good idea to call the police, even though these people said they were going to kill your kid if you if he did. Yeah, it's pretty fast. It's fast. Yeah, she there's made no that conversation very
1: quickly. Yeah,
2: yep. And if you think about it too, it's five o'clock. Like they said, they're going to call between eight and ten. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's it's it's a short enough window where you're like, okay, like I don't want to take my chances. Let's see if this call comes. Let's see what they want. Yeah, And then if, if nothing happens or they're messing with me, then I'll, I'll bring in the authorities.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point.
2: Okay, let's go ahead and play the 911 call.
3: What's going on there, ma'am? We have a kidnapping. Cry, please. Explain to me what's going on, okay? There, we have a a note left, and our daughter's gone. A note was left, and your daughter is gone? How old is your daughter? Six years old. She's gone. Six years old. How long ago was it? I don't know. I just held the note. Oh my God, is it? Say who checker? What? Is it? saying who took I don't know. It's, there's, a, there's a ransom note here. It's a ransom note. It says FBTC, Victory. Please. Okay. What's your name? Are you Kathy I'm I'm the mother. Oh, my God. Please. I'm, okay. I'm sending an officer over, okay? Please. Do you know how long she's been gone? No, I don't. Please. We just got out and she's on here. Oh, my God. Please. Okay, well, buddy. I am, honey. Please. Take a deep breath please. with me, okay? Sorry, hurry, hurry, hurry. Patsy? 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 Patsy?
2: which I'm going to be fair to Patsy, like I've wanted to, I've called 911 before and it is a little annoying because they keep asking you questions and they're not very vocal sometimes that they've mm-hmm. already sent authorities your way. So you're thinking like, you keep asking me questions, yes. like I need to know helps on the way. They should say like, okay, I've sent somebody out, but I just have some more questions for you. Yep. You know, so, but you've, mm-hmm. just so you know, someone's coming. Yeah. So I've wanted to hang up on, on 911 operators before sometimes because I'm like, all right, now I need to deal with this situation here. Someone's on the yeah, way. You're keeping me from doing other things. Yeah. And of course, your brain's moving so fast mm-hmm. that I've heard that in so
1: many different <clears throat> 911 calls. And some people will say, I've sent help. Now, yes. you know, let me keep asking these questions. That's but, how it should be. Yeah.
0: Do you think it's weird she didn't like disclose more information about the ransom note? So weird. Like yeah. she doesn't say anything but that it's signed by SBTC yeah and at the end but Victory. it's like yeah it's like it was, n- you wouldn't fail to mention that they are going to kill my daughter
1: yeah they said they're if kill, i don't don't yeah. get
0: if they don't get their money by 8 and to they 10 told me not like, to call the police right yeah yeah that's exactly strange. why wouldn't you be like you like more urgency yeah. like you guys need to get here now because or anything else besides what she said she's just like help me help me
1: i agree and i don't know if this is nitpicking but i also thought it was strange that she said i just found the ransom note yes Instead of saying a ransom note, I, I found a ransom note and it's three pages long and right. they're saying all this crazy shit in it. Yeah. It's that's very odd. important.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very weird. And it's weird that she, I don't know. It's, it's just, I think at one point she said, I'm the child's mother or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's depersonalization. That's mm-hmm. kind of language that's very weird. Like. I agree. Your child's missing. And then she's like, yeah. well, she's sick. She's sick. She's blonde. Like. Who cares right now? She's not asking you about that. She needs to know that somebody kidnapped your daughter. Right. Who's gonna kill her? If right. you don't do well, right. you already didn't do what, what the note says. So yeah. And then to hang point. up, that's just odd. But she I didn't, didn't she didn't really hang up. She thought yeah. she did. She thought she did. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. But to actually to think to that hang you're hanging up, up I know. you know. If my daughter was missing, I would not hang up. No.
1: Yeah. At all. No, it's strange. So let's hear the enhanced version so we can hear what happens after she thinks that she hung up.
2: Patty,
1: So what did you do is said by an adult voice. What did you find said by a child?
2: Child's voice. And I mean, I think without a doubt, even if you don't hear with your with your ear what is actually mm-hmm. being said, it's a child's voice. Oh, 100% yeah. it's a child's Different
1: voice. Different
0: pitch for sure. You can yeah. tell it's a higher pitch voice. What I'm just trying to wrap my head around... Who's Like, why are they saying, like, don't speak, we're not going to speak to you? Like, who are they saying that?
2: They're saying it to Burke, because allegedly, Mm. if we're, you know, this is just spitballing. We're not saying Mm -hmm. this is what happened. But if they had come down and not found a ransom letter, but instead found their daughter dead. Yeah. Now they're going to say to Burke, what did you do? You know, and he's like, well, what did what did you find before I tell you what I did? What did you find and what do you think I did? You know, and so I, I guess, I mean, I think it's a little bit of an underreaction. Like, we're not speaking to you, young
1: man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's
0: kind of just, it's just a weird thing to say, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I don't, it's hard to figure out the context of that, though, because they did, if we, you know, believe they staged all of this, mm-hmm. they would have already written the ransom note, found her,
2: staged it. So why would they be? They wouldn't. Um, Why, w- why would they be talking like this? Yeah. Why would they be?
1: saying, what did you do if they already, you know, the adults, why would they have said, what did you well, do? Well, Burke
2: may have just come down at that point and they may not have written anything yet. I don't know, but and if they're calling 911, you'd hope they'd already yeah, written it.
1: That's true. And it could be, what did you do, referring to anything, not necessarily, what did you do to Bonnet. Yeah. It like, what be, did you do?
2: You yeah, know, or, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, either way we can tell from this call, if, if we believe that this is Burke's voice on the line. And I think it it is. It sounds like a child. It really does sound like a child. He wasn't in his bed sleeping. He wasn't not down there. And why, if that was the truth, did they not be honest about that? Mm -hmm. And of course,
1: it's hard to judge someone's emotions and how they act and their behaviors. Burke was obviously so young, but in the Dr. Phil interview, so many people point out how odd his behavior was. He seems to be smiling a lot. It's almost like he's uncomfortable because he knows he's not telling the full story.
2: Yeah, and some people say no, he has some sort of like I think some people said maybe he has Asperger's or he's like on the spectrum. Yeah, it's possible. We don't know that. And I think Dr. Phil said he's just socially awkward. Mm-hmm. That's possible. Um, but we don't know that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well then Patsy seems to immediately call some family friends over, including the whites.
2: Yeah, she did. Right after she called the police. Which
0: is probably one of the most baffling things. That's it is that I can incredibly of, strange. Like, after you get off the call with the 911 operator, you're immediately calling friends and having them come over full knowing that you have a crime scene at your house.
2: And your nine and your ransom letter told you not to call anybody. Yeah. And you called everybody. So yeah. they don't have to have some crazy technology to be monitoring you. Anyone sitting outside the house could see that you called in an arsenal. For what reason? Why do you want all your friends around in this time? This is a, a family time. This is a time to be together as a family. Why would your mind even go there to think of I, that in that moment? Patsy, man.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't really line up with her behavior or her, just the way that she was, her personality, because they tried so hard to portray this perfect family in their time of distress when they're freaking out. Why would they want to have all their friends come and see them like that?
2: Sympathy, pity. Oh, that's a good point. syndrome, you know, yeah, like. Maybe,
1: maybe it's the immediate.
2: Yeah, that's I mean, actually a good point. You think about it, like you said earlier. Patsy was living through Jean Bonnet a little yeah, bit right yeah, totally and and the way that that parents who who have the Monshausen by proxy and everything mm-hmm. they live through their children now Jean Bonnet's dead so this is Patsy's last hurrah to get some attention from her and yeah. whether it's negative attention or positive yep. attention
1: especially if they were involved and you know not actually as upset as someone who is just now discovering all of this would
2: be. It's Maybe, gonna add confusion, yeah, yeah right, yeah. chaos to the crime scene. Yep, yeah, that's a good point. Could have been strategic. I think everything the Ramses did was strategic. They yeah. were not dumb. Kind of seems that way.
0: But what I mean, if they wrote the ransom note, that was pretty dumb. I, I agree. That was like really, that. Really like stupid. Like, really stupid. Like, that that's just what. But kill, how, kills it for me is like if they're this smart that they're, you know, orchestrating this whole thing. Why on earth? write a ransom note like that or even write a ransom note at all like because that just
1: they may not have been thinking very clearly if this was a cover-up for an accident
0: well clearly they weren't thinking very clearly because they left the phone <laughs> off the hook yeah no, so they, they, they didn't weren't. make sure to the hang up like so clearly there is turmoil going on if patsy slammed the phone on you know how phones would just kind of loosely hang off of the hook mm-hmm. which is clearly yeah. what happened so it's just like there's clearly commotion going on she's being pulled away from the yeah. phone
1: so even though they're smart people, I think if this was a cover up of some sort, that they wouldn't have been thinking that clearly. So when was the ransom had that much note written? Kind of time to plan it
2: before they called 911.
1: So you think it was done you believe in earlier in the
0: night. Yeah. Oh, I guess mean, either way morning. it
1: was done.
2: I don't think the whole I night. woke up, got dressed, went down to make coffee cuz what you have to also think about is Patsy, full face of makeup. Yeah. Full face of makeup when yep. the police time get there for all that, yeah. So mm-hmm. you either put on makeup that morning? Or you never went to sleep, right? Yeah, from the night before because you were still wearing the clothes you wore the night before, so you never went to sleep. And if you're just getting on a private plane, literally no one's seeing you. Right. Fly to your Why house in Michigan. You're not putting on makeup. No Who cares. She knows all these people are going to be at the house. The police are going to be at the
1: house. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Interesting. Or she just never went to sleep the night before. She still had her makeup on from when they were at the Fleet's Christmas party, and her clothes still. Right. But would she be the type of woman to not take her makeup off at night? She Get didn't go to all sleep. Over sheets.
0: If she didn't go to sleep, oh, yeah, because like we right. don't, they said they went to sleep, but we have no idea what transpired have, yeah, yeah. from, mm-hmm. you know, the time they got home from the Whites till the next morning. We have no idea what actually happened that night. Mm-hmm. We just have what they've what they've said. Yeah. So true. a lot. That's a lot of time for all this to go down. This cover up thing. Exactly yeah. for them to sort of sit come sit together
2: up with a, and write the note. Right. Maybe that's why it sounds like it's coming from two different personalities because maybe they collaboratively made this note together. And yeah, I mean, it is a stupid thing. Smart yeah. people do stupid things sometimes, especially mm-hmm. under pressure. And you come yes. down, your daughter's dead, or yeah. you accidentally hurt her to the point where she died. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, we have to explain this. How do we explain yeah. that this child's dead in our home while some outside intruder came in and did this? And if
1: you're really going to try to make that believable, maybe you're going to go over the top with it, go mm-hmm. too far and make this too
2: detailed and Almost like a movie. Because if you think about it, they they had this main character energy, John and Patsy, right? Yeah, they definitely do. They thought they were super important. They were super influential. Everybody wanted to be like them. So they're not going to have some run-of-the-mill criminal come and take their daughter. They have a foreign faction from a different country. They're so important. That's such a good point.
1: That definitely makes a lot of sense for why they would want to write this elaborate
2: note. Because their egos are so huge. Yeah. And as your ego goes up, your self-awareness goes down.
1: It's so true. It really does make a lot of sense when you think about it.
2: They're like, no, I'm not some like, criminal. It's like a foreign faction. We got a yeah. like a foreign faction after us. Yeah, look how special we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really. I'm just keep thinking. I'm like trying to put myself in their, you know, their mindset, their brain while all this going down. It's really just hard because it's like you just have something extremely traumatic happen. And again, we haven't even gotten into like the motive or mm-hmm. why is Binet dead in the first place. But if your daughter had just died, whether it was an accidental or premeditated or whatever it was, like just the mind state that you're in, that you sit down and you're trying to concoct a plan that this was a kidnapping and the ransom note. And I'm just trying to wrap my head around why they went to such great lengths to sort of concoct this story and i and i get the ego thing i get the ego of well we don't want just some you know Run of the neighborhood yeah. sex offender uh-huh. to you know break it but we want to elaborate this to make it seem like it's much bigger it's just hard it's like i guess i don't know if it were me and, and if i were writing this no i would have done something that would have been completely no way to trace it back to untraceable, me, right? untraceable yeah. like why they make it so traceable to them mm-hmm. When everything, it seemed like they went to great lengths and everything else to make it seem because like it was something Because I don't think they had much else.
1: time to think about it. And they're pressured and freaking out. Under the wire. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. That makes you do stupid things. Because you can't call the police and say, oh, John Bonet's dead. We have no idea what happened. Yeah. You have to have some sort of alternate theory. Exactly. And apparently this was theirs. Yeah. <laughs> um, if that's what happened. Allegedly. Right.
0: Right. Uh-huh. Exactly.
2: But we're not saying that it did happen because we don't know what happened. Yeah.
0: But at 6 a.m., a police officer finally arrives at the Ramsey's residence, it's Officer French, and when he gets there, he notices that Patsy is visibly upset that there's an officer there at her house. And at this point, again, this is considering that we didn't hear Burke on that phone call. This was when Burke supposedly was woken up by an officer's flashlight being shined into his room. And one of the first things that they wanted to do was get Burke out of the house. And this is, I guess, why they had the family friends come over so that they could get Burke out of there. So Fleet actually took Burke back to the White's house where family friends would actually watch Burke. And apparently Burke was confused and crying as he left the house. Almost right away, the FBI was notified of a potential kidnapping. And since they believe that John Binet had been abducted, they focused their search outside of the Ramsey home.
1: So police did an initial search of the Ramsey's house and Officer French searched the basement and tried to open the cellar door, but it was either locked or jammed. Were you able to figure that in your research, whether it was locked or jammed? I'm guessing it was just jammed.
2: The cellar door is such a big point of yeah. contention. I know, I've never been able to figure that part out. He said out. he couldn't get in, basically. Yeah.
1: So he was looking for a possible path that the kidnapper had used, not Jean Benet herself. So that's probably why they just left the door like that at first.
0: Because they assume she's been actually kidnapped and has left the residence
1: detective linda arndt arrived at the crime scene at about 8 a.m and police then tapped the the ramsey's phone lines as well
0: right because the ransom note says Mm -hmm. between 8 and 10 there's gonna be a phone call so they're hoping that they're going to be able to record whoever these kidnappers are uh ask you know talking about the money or the exchange or however this whole thing was going to go down
1: and they also noted that john and patsy
2: were unusually distant So this is Linda. She wrote a huge long report about Mm -hmm. this. They weren't just distant. Like they did not say one word to each other while the police were there. Patsy was with like her friends being comforted, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. the center of attention. And John was like opening mail at the counter. And he was like in his office making phone calls, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of like trolling around. I don't know what he's doing. He was like making jokes with the police officers, kind of laughing and stuff. Very lighthearted. And you'd think they'd want to be together and support Support. each other through this moment.
1: Exactly. Exactly. John began the process of arranging the ransom money right away, and the kidnappers never called the Ramseys to give them further instructions or plan an
2: exchange. And this is another thing Linda says. She said the time came and went. Yep. What was it? Eight to ten? Yeah. Yep. She said ten o'clock came and went. And now one person in that house looked up and was like,
0: oh, shit. It's oh, no, 10 it's ten. Now yeah. what do we do?
2: It's ten o' one. We got to do something. The time came and went.
0: You'd think there'd be urgency.
2: There was no, they, they did not make any. Yeah, their behavior really
1: doesn't match up with thinking that there is this person out there that's ready to collect this money and they have their daughter.
2: It's almost like they knew that no one was going to call. Yeah. So they weren't surprised when no one
0: called. It is
1: almost like. And that do.
0: could, I mean, in my mind, I'd be like, well, maybe the kidnappers think I actually called the police or they actually know. Maybe they're watching my house. You would think that too. And You'd they be freaking see, out. Right. I'd be freaking, I'd be frantic. Because be now like, she's
2: dead. Because that's what the, the letter said.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> And they said they're going to behead my daughter. I'd be like, yeah, I'd be losing it. Yeah. But for John and them to just be kind of like completely doing their own thing, not really worried, not even talking to investigators or any sense of urgency at all is not there at all.
1: So right from the beginning, FBI agent Ron Walker was sent the ransom note and he immediately thought it was a red herring. He believed the kidnapping was staged by the family and that the note was created to sell the story. And clearly we're kind of leaning that way as well. It seems like most people, you know, fall into that theory. How can you anyone not with in, the yeah.
0: ransom note though? It's like,
1: I know.
2: I don't think anyone believes it's real. I've never, I've never met anyone or seen anything online Mm-mm. where people are like, this ransom note is definitely legit. We got to figure out who this SPTC foreign faction is yeah. that no one has ever heard of. Yeah. Not the FBI, no one.
1: SPTC. What could that even possibly stand for?
2: It reminds me of like the Roman thing, like SPQR kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. that they used to have yeah. that. And they used to like tattoo it and stuff. It's, I think, it's made up.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's clearly fictitious.
2: People have like gone to great lengths to try to like decode this, and... yeah, oh, totally, but nothing, nothing. At this point,
1: Agent Walker called Detective Arndt and told her to keep watch over everyone in the family and make sure they didn't leave. Walker believed that they would find
2: John Benet dead, and they did.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, around noon, Detective Arndt called Walker back and told him that John had disappeared for about ninety minutes. They shouldn't have left. Linda Arndt alone with this. And not only with the family, Mm -hmm. but with all the friends, the pastor was there. There's people all in and out. And I guess it was Christmas. So they were short staffed. So they were like, you stay Mm -hmm. here and babysit. But she can't keep an eye on everyone at at once. And that wasn't very fair to her. So John Ramsey disappears for 90 minutes. When he came back, his behavior had changed significantly. He was agitated and he didn't want to talk to anybody. John claims that he had gone to his study, but that was never confirmed. Walker told Arndt to keep John busy by having him help search the house. So around 1 p.m., Detective Arndt, because I guess at this point, John Ramsey's like pacing and, and you know, mm-hmm. and she's like, hey, you could really help us out. Search the house from top to bottom. But uh, <laughs> what? why are thing. they do?
0: Why are literally John Ramsey and the family friends not out of the house yet?
2: Exactly. Why well, aren't this they is protecting also, this? Like, this is also... Um, an area where there's not crime. This was the first murder. Yeah. It was December. No. And it was the first no. murder that it happened. So this was not a police force that was used to handling crime scenes. And, uh, it, but I'm it's, like, come on. Like, like basic knowledge still, I, I would
1: think. If you're a detective,
0: especially, that is like Detective 101, right? It's yeah. like, like protect the crime scene, protect the evidence, at least tape it off, bring people outside. Let's
1: keep this guy busy and have him help.
0: But no, let's have what? the victim's father search the house top to bottom. Yeah, that was Super, super strange. Well,
2: it was busy work. So the police had already searched the house. John Bonet's room was taped off. So they were like, don't go in her room, yeah. you know? Yep. Um, but he didn't search the house from top to bottom. He went right to the basement, right? Immediately, Immediately to the basement. Mm-hmm. He grabbed his buddy, Fleet White, and he went right to the basement. And they searched the basement for about a minute before John opened the cellar door, the one that had been previously jammed or locked. And um, it's weird the way that this happened. According to Fleet, John opened the cellar and they called it the wine cellar. Mm-hmm. So he opened the door and immediately as soon as he opened the door he said, I found her and then he turned the light on. Yeah, it seems like he was anxious
1: to find her and have that part finished. You know. he I found her then
2: yeah. he turned the light on. This is like a windowless room. Yep. It's going to be dark. So unless there was a good deal amount of light flooding in from the hallway yep. how would you know that you had found her and her body was covered right. with That's a white
0: blanket? Say, yeah. yeah. And we it were watching like a documentary.
1: Yeah, it just what was like a pile on the what floor.
2: What were we watching last
1: night? What was the name of the documentary?
0: Uh, what really happened, John Mayer? It's a newer one, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's last year ID, it came out. I, yeah. I
1: haven't, I hadn't seen it, and I was surprised to hear him say that he was happy at first when he found her. He's like, obviously, I quickly realized that she, you know she was dead, and I was upset. But I thought it was so strange that he even said I was happy to to find her when she was laying on the floor under this blanket. Why? I mean, it's just strange to even say that. Weird
2: choice of words for sure. So. John Bonet was found in this basement cellar, which, you know, wasn't able to be opened before, but now was opened. She's in there and he found her before he turned the light on. She was covered in her favorite white blanket. Her wrists were bound above her head with a white cord and there was duct tape over her mouth. There was also a cord wrapped around her neck that had been tied around a paintbrush handle. So this is a garage, essentially. It's something that paintbrush handle basically gives the person more leverage Mm -hmm. and the ability to pull that tighter and harder. And also do it slowly. Oh my gosh. It's really a, it's a tool of torture. Mm-hmm. John knelt next to Jean Benet's body. He touched her cheek and then he removed the duct tape and he tried to untie her wrists and then he screamed. He picked her up and brought her upstairs and laid her on the floor. So this is obviously awful because this mm-hmm. is a contamination of the crime scene. Yep, You're laying her on a floor right at the front. It was the front carpet where you come in, mm-hmm. where people have tread walked, not just that yeah. day, but... You know, forever, and now all this DNA could be potentially yeah. getting on her that has nothing to do with the crime scene. Why didn't he leave her there That's and call I'm the saying. police yeah. Uh, yeah. from upstairs? You know, They're there's a police officers there. upstairs, right. yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah. Why and did just that from, thought
0: not cross his head at all? Like, yeah. oh my God, my daughter was murdered. Therefore, I want to catch the person that murdered her. So I should probably just step away from the body, go upstairs, and let the police come down here and actually investigate this scene down here and. Yeah, how do often do you
1: ever hear of stuff like this when the police are in the home?
0: Or they Never. pick up a body and move it? Yeah. Yeah, not not very often at no. all. I mean,
1: the fact that they weren't at least accompanying him into the basement is so strange.
2: Well, because they thought the house had been checked, so they didn't think he was going to find anything. They right, just wanted right. to keep him yeah. busy. Yeah. But it, apparently he made a beeline for that cellar. Yeah. Yep.
0: So it's very clear that likely the store was locked. And if you're looking at it from the pers- mm-hmm. perspective that we are, likely John locked the door. And
1: then unlocked it.
0: But I'm like, I'm just thinking, I'm like, why why not just let them come and find her down there? Yeah. Why lock it? Maybe he was maybe already Maybe they thinking- were
2: hoping to go with the kidnapping plot for long enough. Yeah. You know, and like let that go and then find a place to hide the body. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, if this is what happened, we're not saying it is, we're just theorizing. Yeah. But, if you did that, maybe you just want this to be a missing child. You yeah. don't want the body found. You're gonna let the police come and do their thing, and then go out and look for go leave the house to mm-hmm. look for her, and then you figure out something. To or do. maybe
1: they intended for the police to find her, and they damn. didn't, so they were frustrated. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna go do well, it myself I'm just and get like, this going.
0: If if that were the case, then why didn't they move? Why didn't they get her body out of the house during the night? Why even leave her down there in the cellar? If yeah. Like, why not? John could have easily gotten her body out of the house, probably far away from the house. That would have been the smartest thing By the time they called that next morning. I mean, again, we don't know exactly, you know, when John Binet necessarily yeah. died or how that went down. But I'm just thinking, like, why leave her in the cellar when you could probably get her far away before the cops even arrive? But
2: again, they probably didn't have Clean
1: much Clean that cellar
0: room and... There's no evidence there.
2: And you got neighbors who are like, yo, we saw John leave at like 3.30 a.m. On, on Christmas night, you know, it's and true. like There's all risks those with that. nosy Nancy's trying to get in the way of your crime, you know? Like, well, I
0: mean, it, yeah. wait till or it's they like could 3 a.m.
2: They could check like maybe, I don't know, where their cell phones back then like to see mm-hmm. if he'd left or yeah. tolls or things like that. Yeah. Probably they felt like keeping it internal was the best way to like keep it less messy at that point. Yeah,
1: that, Yeah, that's a good point.
2: But I've always thought that was so odd that the police didn't ask him to unlock that door, right? Because even if they couldn't yeah. get it open, they should have. The police really like, screwed this case any up. way to open this? Yeah. We need you to open mm-hmm. this, sir, because the killer could still be in the house. We don't know. Right. Huh? If they the killer's to clear gone. the home. We got yeah. to yeah. clear the home. Exactly. We have not cleared this house yet. The killer yeah. could have gone in and locked himself in there just yeah. waiting for everybody to go back upstairs so he could come out and get away yep. or go on a murdering spree. Like, And then they send a family member down there to check it out. Really bad police <laughs> work, yeah.
0: Really well, and I, I honestly honestly, think, too, it's like, the police officers go and they immediately judge, you know, the family environment that they're in. They're like, this is a rich family. You know, there's some, some of that going on, too. I'm sure that they're like, we'll, That's exactly we'll just why. take their yeah. word for it because these right. guys are. Yeah,
2: They rip- seem straight up. They seem like
0: they got yeah. it together. You Except know, for so. Ron
2: Walker immediately thought that parents had Because he's FBI. It. He's FBI, man. He don't care about the Ramseys. Right. That's you know, true. he's not. But the weird thing is Detective Linda Arndt, she's really gone hard that she believes the Ramses did this. So John brings John JonBenet upstairs, lays her on the carpet. And um, Lynn Darren was like, you got to step back, you know? And she yeah. said that there was a point when they were both kneeling in front of John Bonet's body. And John looked up and she looked up and they met, they like met eyes. Yeah. And she wanted to like feel for her, her service revolver. And she like mentally counted the rounds she had in there. Cause she said she still believed. She believed that the killer was still in the house. So that's, she doesn't come right out and say it, but that implies that she thinks that somebody in the family did it. And that's why she felt afraid. Because at this point, the, the crime has been discovered. There's not a kidnapping. Right. Yeah. And he's looking at her and she's looking at him. And they're both like, okay, we know what's up. And as we looked at each other,
4: I remember, and I wore a shoulder holster, tucking my gun right next to me and consciously counting, I've got 18 bullets. Why did you do that? Because I didn't
3: know if we'd all be alive when people showed up. I'd said everything made sense in that instance.
4: And uh, I knew what happened. Do you think your fear was well-founded? You bet I do. There's no doubt in my mind. To this day? Never wavered. You were afraid because you thought the killer was still in the house? I knew it. Absolutely? Absolutely.
1: Definitely hinting that she thinks of someone in the family.
2: I mean, she's, you know, I think she even looks kind of afraid recalling it. Yeah, she knows. It's like this yep. is a very traumatic sort of, and she's left there alone. There's no other cops. And obviously,
1: bringing that up right after saying that they locked eyes, yeah, It's pretty obvious who she she's implying. was the killer.
2: Mm. Yeah. So the Ramsays then went to a friend's house where Burke was. John told Burke that his sister was in heaven, and Burke began to sob. But there's other stuff that that happened before this, such as John uh, tried to get a private plane to go to Atlanta the like within an hour after finding his daughter's dead body, he's on the phone telling the pilot to get the the private plane gassed up. They're no longer going to Michigan, going to Atlanta. And then the police were like, dude, you can't can't leave. Like, what are you talking about? And um later they asked like, What what did you need to do? Like what did you need to go to Atlanta for? And he was like, Oh, I had a very important like business meeting.
1: Oh, come on, dude. I mean, that just, that is a <laughs> huge factor. That's more important than that...
0: finding the killer of your daughter? Right
1: Obviously now. not, right? Yeah. No. Who, who would do that? And who would, would even let be you thinking leave? about that or remember that they even had a fucking business meeting when this is going on. It just makes no sense at all.
2: That's what I'm saying. I mean, either these are very cold hearted people that are just like all about business and all about money and everything comes second, which could be, but to, to this, to ex- to this extent. No. no. And we have to remember that John and, and Patsy were originally from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So their, their lawyer was in Atlanta as well. So, I mean, yep. at this point, and it's smart. I think everyone deserves to be represented, but yeah. they're probably like, yo, they're going to think it's us. So we need to get a lawyer on this real quick.
1: Yeah. We need to get out of here too. And away from the police. Mm-hmm.
0: John Bonnet's autopsy was completed the next day. And this is what it said. Her blonde hair was in two ponytails. She was wearing a small gold ring, gold bracelet, and a gold cross necklace. A heart was drawn in the palm of her hand in red ink, and she was wearing a long sleeve white shirt with a silver sequin star on the front that had dried mucus, which was likely from her nose or mouth, on the sleeve. She wore matching long-knit underwear and white underwear with roses and the word Wednesday embroidered on them. Multiple injuries included abrasions on the side of her face between her ear and jaw. There were twin marks on her lower back that looked like she had been prodded with something petechial hemorrhages in her eyes, which is blood from burst blood vessels from death by strangulation. There is massive skull fracture along with bleeding and bruising on her brain, white cord tying her wrist together, a white cord wrapped around her neck, double knotted around a wooden stick to make a garrote, And the garrote was made from a broken handle of one of Patsy's paintbrushes.
1: Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? How, I mean, what are the chances that someone breaks in and creates a weapon inside the house? That is so
2: strange. The chances that someone breaks in and writes a ransom note yeah. inside the house. I it's, mean, all of it. just Like uh, mm-hmm. Goldilocks and the three little bears, you know, like mm-hmm. porridge. I'll eat it. A bed. Yeah. I'll sleep in it. Yep. Like, they, if, why would you, they take all that risk? If you yeah. knew you were going there to do that, mm-hmm. you would have been more prepared, I think. Yeah. I think the paintbrush thing.
0: So like my thing yeah. was the was was one of the things that really created some doubt initially uh, around the parents because I'm like, well, I mean, that's like a torture device. I mean, yeah. that's definitely not something, I mean, it's sort of easy to rig up if you know how to do it, but it's like, why would, you know, why. You would
1: want to believe that parents would never
0: right. be capable of doing something Right, exactly. Like but then I started thinking about him I'm like, well, John was in the military. Yeah, he was in the Navy. And I bet you anything they taught him how to uh, certainly tie knots in the Navy. So, you know, you have to Absolutely. tie certain knots around the actual uh, paintbrush in order to get it to actually, if you've. You know put so much force on it that it's not going to just untie untie mm-hmm. and so he would have the knowledge in order to make this garrotte and likely may have made garrots before i mean we don't know also according to the autopsy there were fingernail marks above the ligature which likely meant that john Binet had been fighting for her life because as she's being strangled she was digging her fingernails yeah. into her neck in order to try and pull the ligature away from her neck that is incredibly is,
1: heartbreaking to think about yeah Extremely it makes sad. Makes me feel sick.
0: Her bladder was empty. Urine and blood were found in her underwear, and the blood was mixed with a small amount of unidentified male DNA. The DNA also appeared on the waistband of her underwear. Acute vaginal trauma or inflammation and injury of the hymen. There was chronic vaginal trauma as well. Undigested pineapple still in her stomach. And reports concluded that John Binet had suffered a massive blow to the head with a heavy object, and that she then subsequently died of suffocation due to strangulation.
2: You said chronic vaginal trauma.
0: What does that imply?
2: Yeah. We all know. Sexual abuse, long-term.
1: Yeah. And especially if you think long-term, then it really makes you think family member.
2: John. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe not even John, but somebody right, else. Somebody else, yeah. That was around often. I mean, they they always had their friends with them, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they had parties. They had all sorts of people coming through their house. Mm-hmm. you are very social. Yep. Yeah.
2: So we're not exactly sure
1: if it was the strangulation that came first or the blow to her head, but she was likely knocked unconscious by the blow to her head and it may have caused brain death. Then strangulation shut down the rest of the body and killed her. The blow would have eventually been fatal if it was left untreated, but the strangulation is what probably ultimately killed her. And we were talking just now about, you know, there's the talk of her pulling at the ligature and would well, she have been able to do that if she was brain, hit on the head? Yeah. yeah.
0: Unconscious. Obviously you're not going to be able to pull at your, at the ligatures. But I yeah. think, I think what happened was, and this is, there's a lot of contention around exactly what happened. I mean, there's other sources and documentaries out there that said, yeah, the blow is what killed her. Right. But I think the murder weapon was the garage and that was mm-hmm. going to be the weapon that killed her. But because she was fighting it so much, because we know that because there's fingernail marks around her neck, where she was pulling away at the ligatures, that eventually whoever killed her then hit her over the head in order to render her unconscious and then finish the job, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that makes
0: sense. Which is absolutely horrific.
1: So, doctors' medical opinions unanimously agree that Jean Bonnet had suffered acute vaginal trauma before she was killed on the 26th. And most doctors agree that Jean Bonnet had suffered prior chronic vaginal trauma. And this would indicate that Jean Bonnet had been the victim of prior sexual abuse before the 26th.
0: Which, just to clarify, the Ramsey's legal team has claimed that Binet was not sexually abused. But, obviously, it's hard to dispute medical evidence that they have actually collected. So, Mm -hmm. it's very clear that she was.
1: It's also likely that Binet had wet the bed that night or just wet herself when she was killed, given that her underwear and long johns were soaked with urine. But there wasn't anything found in the bed, so it had to have been when she passed.
2: Unless somebody changed the sheets and washed them and all that, but... That seems unlikely.
1: They I don't, I don't been... think
2: Patsy's ever made a bed in her
1: life. You know? Yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. At first, investigators thought the back marks were from a stun gun. It's also possible that they came from a piece of toy train tracks, which lined up perfectly with the marks, and it was probably used to prod her. This is really
2: like disputed, though. Yeah, yeah. really disputed those two marks, mm-hmm. because I think it was the people who are kind of leaning towards Burke did it, who come up with the train track thing. Yeah. Um. And then it was Detective Lou Smith who said, no, he believes those were from a stun gun, but Burke did have like a big toy train set in the, in the basement. basement. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's where Jean Bonnet was found in the basement. And the, he did say he got up to play with his toys that night, but he didn't know when he went back to bed. So that's definitely a uh, strange if he was playing with the, the toy train set. Then yeah.
0: I mean, strange. that's pretty forceful though. That's my thing is like, even with <laughs> a toy, like, You'd have to push pretty hard to get marks like that. I well, like. in that series, so they specific. said,
2: yeah, in the series, the one that we were watching, the yeah, the video the from, one. Mm-hmm. yeah, they said uh, maybe he did it like a kid would do it after she had you know fallen and or he had hit her with something to crack her head and then she fell and he like was poking her with it Just to see, see if she was alive to see if he could get like a yeah a reaction from. But her. But when he poke more than once. Yeah, I you mean,
0: think so? Like, why would there I mean, be one, like so specific and set it of like marks like that? Looks like it would be hard. and just hold it there. Yeah. You know
2: and how do all these experts not know the difference between toy train track marks and like a stun gun? Mark. Yeah,
1: it really does look like a stun gun.
0: We should yeah. be
2: able to more definitively. Yeah, where's
0: the forensic experts? On this we should one?
2: be able to more definitively say what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So as far as the crime scene goes, one of the windows in the basement had been broken, and John said this was likely an accident. That he had broken the basement window that summer working or after he lost his keys. And the window didn't get fixed because he assumed Patsy would take care of it. There were also cobwebs in the windowsill that hadn't been disturbed. So this would have been basically broken and open for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Below the window with the cobwebs, they also noticed that there was a mark on the wall. And then below that mark was a blue Samsonite suitcase that the family claimed was not there before. Colorado CSI investigators executed a search warrant on the house on the day of the 26th, and near John Bonet's bed they found a pair of long Johns that contained fecal matter. The long Johns were believed to be Burks, but it's unclear of who exactly believed that they were Burks. They also found feces smeared on candy inside a candy box John Bonet got as a Christmas present. And given that the family's activities are corroborated on Christmas Day until after they returned from the whites, this smearing incident would have likely happened after the Ramses returned home that night. According to the lead child abuse examiner for Boulder County, Holly Smith, most of the underwear in John Bennet's dresser drawers had been soiled with fecal matter. Patsy had said before that John Bennet had issues with wiping fully.
2: Wait, the underwear in her drawer had fecal matter on it? Like current fecal matter or was the was Holly Smith able to determine that it had once been I, I, think like I, matter? I
0: think it was once, like okay. you know, like stained or just light staining. Oh, so she it. could tell that it had at one point. that right. there it wasn't just right. like
2: put back in the door. No, no, like no, that. no. I no. think
0: it was like after it had been washed, there was still residual yeah. stain left over because she had issues with wiping. I guess. But John Benet's room was the only one that was initially blocked off to prevent crime scene contamination. In the meantime, that day, multiple people, including friends, victim advocates, the family's pastor, and other police officers, were walking in and out of the house constantly. So just. Contaminating the entire mm. rest of the house. What a mess. Friends were cleaning parts of the kitchen even and moving things around before John Bonet's body was found, which potentially destroyed crucial evidence. John moved John Bonet's body from the basement to the upstairs level, disturbing critical forensic evidence, which made the scene even more contaminated.
1: So, since the investigation was now a murder and not a kidnapping, the case jurisdiction fell back on the Boulder Police Department. And the FBI offered to help the Boulder Police Department with the
2: investigation, but they declined the offer, which is pretty strange. Like, why? You actually see this a lot. because, yeah. like hometown advantage. Like, we don't need the federal it's government to come ego. in. Yeah, but with help. how
1: just unqualified they were for this but You'd nobody think wants they to would admit take that. the help <laughs> you, yeah, it makes true. sense to
0: us but you imagine but yeah. they get yeah. up they're
2: like we don't know what we're yeah. doing <laughs> yeah, no, that's,
1: a good Sorry, point.
0: that's a good point <laughs> let the fbi take do our job for we us. just
2: hope nobody would get murdered here but since it happened
1: yeah because like we were saying boulder is a generally safe town there is normally about one murder a year so they really aren't equipped to handle cases of this size but they eventually did accept the fbi's help the next day
0: but you have to remember too. I mean, this this case blew up almost immediately. Like there was reporters all over the place, mm-hmm. yeah. literally that next morning, and it made international news. I mean, John Biney, she's this pageant girl, and it just went crazy viral for the time.
1: Mm-hmm. And the BPD was treating the Ramses as if they were victims rather than suspects right off the bat, which is strange because you know, in most cases, family is involved, and you'd think their brains would automatically go towards that. But the DA's office had basically told them to treat the Ramses with kid gloves to go easy on them and not press on any questions if they couldn't answer them, which is strange. Why? Why would they say that? Because they're well-known,
0: office? wealthy, and mm-hmm. influential in town. So, I mean, they don't want to beef with like the most well-known popular family yeah. in town. That doesn't look good or for them either. Or there
1: other
2: factors at play. Do you think that Ramses donated to the BPD a lot? That's what I was thinking. They very well could have.
0: I mean, they're they're tied into the Chamber of Commerce and everything else. Mm-hmm. So I mean you'd have to think that they probably had connections to the department in some way.
2: I guarantee you they were like annual donors. Oh yeah big time oh, annual yeah. donors. Yeah. But I mean, that's just my opinion, allegedly. I don't know. Use kid gloves
1: on this family <laughs> whose daughter was murdered inside their home. Like seriously? It's so strange. So this might have been political, as we were saying. The Ramses were well known.
0: Or I just thought, sorry to jump in, but I just thought on your point, Stephanie, that perhaps for you know Boulder County Sheriff, the sheriff's political position within the town, maybe John Ramsey was a donor in the, the past political party to political yeah. parties. Poli- yeah. I mean, and then that
2: guy called, like the big guy called, yeah. right, was like right all right, we don't want to upset our donors. All right. So like they're a good family. Yeah. They didn't do anything wrong. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely some of that going on. For it's
2: sure, It's always money. It always comes down to money, doesn't oh, it? Always. I think, oh, there's a, a website, Boulder Police Department. It has like Google reviews. Two stars. Oh <laughs> boy. Two stars. I didn't even know you could do that. And and when it's looking down and it says all about like how bad they did on, on the JonBenet Ramsey case. Oh,
1: really? And yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's one of their biggest cases. I mean, that's not or the only
0: thing they've messed up on. I mean, they've had sure a lot not. of issues in recent, uh, recent days. They've had racial issues in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely not known as a stellar police department no. by any means.
2: It's not a very um, integrated area. It's not like super diverse. No. No. So this case totally turned into a battle of the egos between the
1: Boulder Police Department, FBI, and DA's office. Police questioned the family briefly after Jean Binet was found and the family were obviously very upset. The family also turned over hair and DNA samples,
2: but none of the DNA that was found in John Bonet's underwear matched Burke or John Ramsey, yeah. or you know, even um, I think they tested John Ramsey's older kids from his other marriage and mm-hmm. didn't match them nope. either.
3: So, it was foreign yeah, it's DNA, extremely for sure. strange,
2: foreign faction, foreign yeah. faction,
1: potentially <laughs> That's right. Burke was interviewed briefly by police at the Whites that day, and he saw a child psychologist also 13 days later. In the interview with the psychologist, Burke's behavior was odd. I mean, it's odd most of the time. Yeah. Some of his statements seemed like they were kind of coached. Secrets, do you
3: think? Um. I probably do, mm-hmm.
1: but I don't really know Yeah? And if I didn't remember any, I don't think I'd tell you. <laughs> Why not? I'm a good person to tell secrets, too. Because they're mm-hmm. secrets. I mean, he's so, right. things changed at your house a lot? Um... Uh, a lot, yeah. Yeah, what's changed? Well...
3: Yeah, you know, the police have it locked up, and stuff. Yeah. Well,
2: what about for you and your parents?
3: Okay. Yeah. Your parents are sometimes permanent.
1: Yeah. He's super casual, no, huh? I was going to say, so casual.
3: Um, I'm right. basically just going on with my oh, mom. Mm-hmm.
1: That's weird. What do
3: you think happened? I know what happened. <sighs> killed. How do you think that
4: happened? Uh, I think, well, I, I, I asked my dad where did they find her body. And my dad, my dad said I found it down in the basement. And so, I,
2: I, Literally I
0: think just confirmed the phone call. I think he's talking about the phone call that
3: after. Yep. Pain. To down the basement. Mm-hmm. And then maybe took a knife out. And then, no something like that. Holy shit, how she died. Or maybe a hammer in the head. Maybe.
2: So, what did your
1: parents tell you about your sister dying? I
3: remember just that when I got there. The house was kind of an eagle type thing.
2: But my dad says Draman isn't happening now. Mm hmm. Just kind of burst into tears. How oh, bad? How are you dealing with it now?
4: I, I kind of forget about it because I'm just going, gee. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. just playing your video games all the go, time. Go, 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 go. I'm happy. So, wait, maybe you should draw your, picture, your uh, picture of your family for me while you tell me about it. When can I draw? It doesn't really
3: matter. It's not a test of your drawing. It's just
4: mm-hmm. so I get to know your family and stuff like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: who's next? Who are you drawing
1: next? Okay. So what's your mom do? Does she work as a
3: mom? Work as a mom. As a mom. <laughs> so what do you like best about your mom? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's
1: it? Mm-hmm. Does your mom the kind of mom like this?
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Both you and
4: your sister are just you or just your mm-hmm. anybody
3: else in your
1: family?
0: So basically, Burke is drawing out his family, but he only draws out his mom and his dad and himself, and he never draws John Benet.
1: Yeah, he seems to not even have any emotion about her death either. It's incredibly strange. To it's hear like he came to
2: this way. acceptance really fast. Really Star-
0: mm-hmm. like, like, fast. I like,
2: burst into yeah. tears, mm-hmm. but now I'm just going on with my life. Yeah, it was that interview that. Kind
1: of had me leaning towards the idea that Burke originally attacked her, and it was, you know, he was assisted by the parents to cover it up. I've since kind of wavered from that. That had always been the theory that made most sense to me in the beginning. However, her injuries are so intense that I don't know if a child could have done them. But that interview is strange. It's really, really weird.
0: I mean, he's clearly uncomfortable too. I mean, you can see him fidgeting. You can see him like put the game on his head. Well, he's definitely having anxiety. Well, I mean just from his movements so they're kind of erratic and I mean what do you think Janelle I, I see you nodding over there
4: I personally don't think it's as weird as some people do mm-hmm. um because I don't know not that I've interviewed kids to this extent but I have worked as a counselor with kids before and when you talk about family topics a lot of times they get kind of weird they mm-hmm. antsy they get very very antsy tons mm. of fidgeting that mm-hmm. i don't really think is weird at all i think he's just being a kid yeah. putting shit well, over what his about head the knife and, like,
2: thing like maybe they stabbed her or hit yeah, her with a hammer that's i mean weird, right? that
4: i think yeah definitely some parts of it are weird however i don't know if it's necessarily enough for it to be like oh boom for sure he's looking sus because of it you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i don't know i mean it's kind of hard to tell that's not a very long you know clip yeah. what kind of video games from? is he
2: playing though if yeah. that's like he's so but... desensitized to that violence Especially in reference to his his little sister, yeah. you know. I could see, like, oh, you know, maybe in, in my video game, they, like, stabbed him with a knife, but you're talking about your sister's death.
4: He also mm-hmm. could be, like, you know, suppressing these memories. Yeah. Maybe he blacked out during and genuinely doesn't really remember a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Also, the mm-hmm. fact that this random person is interviewing him in a weird room yeah you know he's not super comfortable like yeah she has snacks and games and you know whatever but
0: he still (laughs) knows he's being questioned yeah kids
4: aren't dumb they know yeah right and she's
0: asking me weird questions
4: there's been times where i was you know in sessions with kids and i could tell like some weird shit was going on and they'd be like oh no it's a secret like i can't tell you there's you know Mm. see Kids are secretive. They, they're they not dumb. They know that you're there to try and figure shit out. Yeah. And so a lot of times they're going to try and protect their family mm. or themselves. I don't know.
2: But he seems pretty confident there at the beginning. Like, he seems to hold his own. Like, lady, they're secrets. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you. Like, right. What are you talking about? You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. he seems almost in control of the conversation where she's like, come on, I'm a good person to tell secrets. And he's like, stop. I know what you're doing. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Like I'm thinking about my son who's who's 10. And how would he behave in that situation if somebody asked him, like, a secret? He wouldn't be like, I, I got secrets. I'm not telling you. He'd be like, "Well, you know, like, I don't really know you. He'd be more, like, withdrawn because it is yeah. a stranger. But Burke seems to be very, like, up front with this stranger mm-hmm. yeah. initially. And then he gets weird when they start talking about the murder. He's fine talking about secrets. He's fine talking about, like, the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. But when they start talking about the murder, that's when he starts putting the game on his head and yep. mm-hmm, acting all Talking weird.
1: about inappropriate touching. I mean... It's hard to say again with the fidgeting and putting the game on your head and stuff because I mean, that's just how I was all the time as a kid. I was always like moving around, grabbing things, you know, doing just weird things when I would talk to really anybody. I still so do I think that, it's hard man. to, yeah, still I still do, do it too. <laughs> so it's, it is kind of hard to judge his behavior.
2: So Patsy and John started to suspect that the police were suspicious of them and they lawyered up. Uh, they actually got two separate lawyers, they got two different lawyers. And they weren't questioned by police until five months after the murder in 1997. And they had uh, a lot of conditions. So they had a time limit that they could be questioned. They wanted a copy of their initial report to the police. Um, it was it was very, and I don't think that the police would have done that with any other. Yeah, s- give suspects. them that
0: much information on, what, on their <laughs> investigation, potentially into them. Like, why would they give that, divulge that information? There's only them. one
2: reason you'd want it.
0: Right, yeah. to protect yourself.
2: Before that, though, they did an interview with CNN on January 1st, 1997. So hear what I said. Before they talked to the police, they did an interview with CNN. So they want their narrative, their side of the story out there in the public yeah. before they talk to the police.
1: Yeah, obviously strategic.
2: Very. And um, they maintained their innocence. And Patsy warned Boulder residents that there was a killer on the loose. Um, this is a very, <laughs> she's super dramatic. Mm-hmm. She's super, um, let's play it because I think it's very telling.
0: You believe it's someone outside your home.
4: There is a killer on Absolutely. the loose. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's a he or a she. But if I were a resident of Boulder, Damn. I will tell my friends to keep...
1: Okay. Keep your babies close to you. There's someone else. Now, that's an incredibly strange moment
2: right there. I think she's on something. I was right? just about to say she has yeah. to be right she can't be on Xanax or like even that kind of is like a to me, that's like a martini mm-hmm. slur, mm-hmm. Um, but it could that. be Xanax or something. And, and that could be just she's self-medicating because she is so devastated, which yes, exactly.
1: That is possible and would
2: make sense. I would probably
1: have to do that to myself. Probably not
2: before you go on CNN though, right? You probably wouldn't pull back from that.
1: Or you'd be so anxious that maybe she thought it was a good idea. But she clearly, I agree. Just the way her eyes are kind of drooping, the speech, like she's kind of having trouble finding the words. Definitely on something or drinking for sure.
2: Well, that's the weird thing though, because after this interview, I mean, she's very insistent. There's a killer on the loose. Mm -hmm. I also thought it was interesting. They had the camera on John and they were like, so you think it was someone outside the house? And he's like, Oh, and she's like, yes. And then they move it over like she kind of cuts him off. Yeah. You know, she's like, no, we need to be like a solid, you know, front on this. There's definitely someone outside the house. But then um, the mayor and the police issued statements saying, no, there's there's no killer on the loose. There's no reason for Boulder residents to be afraid. There's not a murderer wandering around. Now, this could be because they don't want to. People to freak out.
3: Right,
2: right. But also you'd think that if this was something the police actually believed, they would be a little bit more mm-hmm. cautionary and be like, mm-hmm. Yeah, guys, you know, there there might be something out there. Just be safe, keep your kids with you at all times. You know, we don't think you have anything to worry about, but we really just want want you want everyone to stay safe. But they were also vehement. They're like, No, there's no killer on the loose. So this is kind of saying we don't think there's a killer on the loose. We'd haven't caught any killer, therefore. What are they doing? Kind of,
0: right. yeah. They are the killers.
2: And don't you think John seems kind of worried
1: about how Patsy's talking or like embarrassed? Like he kind of tells I her. I think that, he's
0: almost just kind of like playing a role. To me, it seems a little didn't seem that authentic, sort of his emotions, He's like, It's okay. So it's, it's, it's okay. O- yeah. And I'm
1: like I think he was trying to like reel her back in. Like he didn't like the way she was talking or, or potentially be, yeah. knew that she okay. was under the influence of something it was a little embarrassed.
2: I agree. On April 30th, 1997, the Ramses agreed to be interviewed on the condition that they could have a copy of the statements they gave police on December 26th. The DA agreed to this and their other conditions, which is just ridiculous. Like
0: special treatment, right there. He needs yeah. to be
2: fired. The DA needs to be fired. His entire treatment of this case—I don't know—he probably isn't the DA anymore, but he needs no. to not work in public service anymore because absolute garbage. You're not putting the public's, cons- you know. Well, the guess what?
0: The DA is an elected position. Yeah. So perhaps they gave money to him. You know, maybe there's a relationship there that we don't know about or a reason for him to protect. It seems like it. Yeah.
2: Burke was questioned by a detective in 1998 as a possible witness in the murder, not a suspect. He was not questioned by police again. In late 1998, Boulder DA Alex Hunter decided to call a grand jury to decide if John and Patsy Ramsey would be indicted in their daughter's death. He presented the case to a grand jury of eight women and four men After about a year of the grand jury being presented with evidence and witness testimony, Alex Hunter announced that his office would not be pursuing charges against the Ramseys. Now, that's because what the grand jury had decided on was kept secret, as it always is. So we didn't know what the grand jury had said before Alex Hunter said we're not pursuing charges, but we all assumed, because we're logical human beings, well, the grand jury must have said there's not enough information. Why would Alex Hunter, the DA, call a grand jury and then go against their their, recommendation? uh, recommendation It it does seem ridiculous, right? It does. The jurors were not allowed to discuss any part of the grand jury. It later did come out, though, that they had actually decided to indict John and Patsy. Um. They believed that the Ramseys knew who killed Jean Benet and covered up her murder. Mm. And Alex Hunter was the one who decided to not file charges.
0: Which that's pretty rare, I would say, for a a DA to go against a grand jury when the grand jury is like, yeah, we can... We could do this we, we could see us how trial. we can do this yeah, yeah. we can prosecute yeah. this so because it was a
2: show it's a show to to demonstrate i'm doing something i'm moving mm-hmm. forward mm-hmm. and he thought well if they if they say not to indict then great i'm in in good shape and if they say do indict great i'm still going to be able to do whatever i want because no one knows it's secret mm-hmm. the outcome is secret so he um he did a little demonstration so, yeah the failed. question is yeah. why
0: is alex hunter going against the grand jury what's, what's the reasoning behind that? And that's the, he never wanted to in question, indict them, them at yeah, all. No, right.
1: He was protecting them from the beginning. It seems like
2: he really was allegedly, allegedly. That's right.
0: <laughs> so when looking at the DNA evidence a little bit more, there's a possibility that the DNA evidence found on John Binet's underwear was touch DNA, which just means that it might've belonged to a factory worker or really anybody who might've mm-hmm. handled the underwear before they were even sold. Yeah or someone else in the home or you know i mean we just don't know when she was
2: placed on that carpet right yeah right could have been like a a ups guy yeah you know exactly touch dna is really tricky like that because you can put like the ups guy could put a package on that carpet or give it to john and john puts the package on the carpet and the ups guy's dna is now on the carpet yeah and now it's on john bonnet
0: yep yeah dna while you're on the toilet every day. With Babbel's 15 minute lessons, it makes it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now when you purchase a three month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use promo code MILEHIRE. That's b a b b e l dot com. Use code mile higher. Because Babel is language for life.
2: All right. So some sketchy parts of this case. Obviously, the ransom note. I think we all agree. Like that is yeah. the one, the sore thumb that just makes everything else not add up. So yep. we've got the it's handwritten as opposed to typed.
0: Right, yep. which is a little strange odd.
2: and stupid, and it's long. So you're giving the people like a lot of handwriting samples to to go totally, off of, totally, right, that. to work with. The paper was taken from a writing pad that was in Patsy's desk. Yeah, that's pen. one thing we didn't talk yeah. About yet. Oh, I don't think yeah, I don't think we did. We no. we mentioned it. We might have glazed over it. But yeah, mm-hmm. that the paper was taken from that pad. Yeah. And some people have said, like, well, you know, maybe somebody who had come to the house before for like a party or something had like taken the paper and then brought it back with yeah. a note. Come on. In <laughs> what
1: world? That makes absolutely no sense.
2: I mean, it's possible. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's probable because they also used the pen. The pen was used that was found in the Ramsey home underneath the telephone. So this pen was there. There was two practice notes found. Yep. Somebody had started writing Mr. and Mrs. And then it said just a, a line like an I maybe, but it could have been the beginning of a, a capital R. Yeah. So why does a kidnapper have to practice their ransom note? Maybe because you're trying to make your handwriting look different and it didn't look different enough. Yeah and some lines from the note and the tone of the writing were taken directly from movies like Dirty Harry and Speed. Like Mm -hmm. I said, this is just drama stuff. This isn't how real people talk. It's how movie people talk. Exactly. Um, The perpetrator wrote a very long ransom note for a child who's probably already dead using the family's own materials and it probably took about, I would say, five to seven minutes. Yeah,
1: that was a long ass
2: note. You're just sitting there. Like, are you sitting at the counter eating some pineapple and milk and, (laughs) you know, writing the ransom note Having your iced tea. (laughs) 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 Yes. And, uh, $118,000 $118,000 is a weird number. We talked about yep. that. Mm-hmm. Um, same amount as John's Christmas bonus. Not many people knew about that bonus. I think that the Whites did. Fleet and Priscilla did. And they were one of the ones who had initially brought it up to Linda Arndt. And they were like, it's kind of weird. that's like, the exact amount. Yeah. Um, it's definitely weird. I don't think any random person off of the street, any random neighborhood pedophile would know that. And unless yeah. they got lucky by asking for that number, which uh, what are the odds of that? I'm not a statistician, but low.
0: And yeah, why or, would
1: they ask for his numbers for, for the bonus specifically? That makes no sense. You know, this guy has tons of money. Why wouldn't you ask for way more than that? Just Yeah, I mean, that's
0: up. the biggest thing. I, I mean, I was thinking like somebody could have snooped the house, seen one of John's pay stubs potentially or something like that.
2: John doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's just leaving that stuff around though, yeah. right? And why are they like,
1: let's find a good amount
2: for him.
0: Like, yeah. Well, let's go off his What's bonus. What's a convenient amount? I work.
2: Yeah. You know, it won't break him, yeah. but it'll teach him a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, John, John's company was bought by Lockheed Martin. So that is a government company. Uh, I believe it's like one of those. They make, don't they make like weapons and stuff? Yeah, they Yeah,
0: do. yeah they're a government they contractor for yeah. Department mm-hmm. of Defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So maybe, maybe whoever wrote this note, we use the bonus to almost connect it to John's work at Access Graphics. Like it's a military owned company now. This foreign faction doesn't like the country that John works for, and they don't like what he does, mm-hmm. and he's a fat cat. So we're going to ask for the bonus, <laughs> like we <laughs> have we have information, inside yeah. information on his bonus, because we are a foreign faction and we have an access to all of that stuff. That may have been the thought the process, point, the thought yeah, process, yeah. But it doesn't make sense, and it's dumb. Yeah. So they still wouldn't care. They wouldn't it's be unnecessary. like, hmm, We're like, only going to ask for one hundred and eighteen. Right. So you know that we know your bonus. Like that's yeah. stupid. No one's going to do that. No, yeah. not any smart foreign faction. Make at least. it easy for you. Ask for a million,
0: right? Yeah, seriously.
2: And that, obviously, that's a small ransom for a kidnapping and potential mm-hmm. murder of a child. That's small for anybody, much less a family that was well-known yeah. to have far greater resources than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ransom note is, again, it's long, unnecessarily detailed, repetitive, dramatic. Like, there was a bunch of stuff in there that didn't need to be in there. And investigators determined that it would take in about 21 and a half minutes to write. Whoa, I was thinking five to seven minutes, but... All right, twenty half minutes, and that's if the note was copied and not thought out already. So yeah, like if they just knew what they were going to say already, yeah. right? What did they had have to come up with on the time. fly? Yeah,
0: so yeah. a serious amount
1: of and time and thinking was put it into through, that. especially if it was the parents and they had just gone through this a traumatic event. It probably would take a little longer to
2: form it, or they rushed. And it's probably why it sounded so scattered, you know, yeah. because at that point they're already writing it; they're not typing it. And if right. John was like. Or somebody who was with the person writing the note was like, that sounds stupid. That line, that fat cat line, that's stupid. (laughs) And then the other person would be like, well, John, it's already in there. How are we going to take it out? So we're just going to leave it. We've got to go with it now. We're committed. Or we have to start all over. Mm. Yeah. And uh, the killer would have had to search the house for the materials. They would have had to sit down and practice the letter twice, write the ransom note, neatly place the letter on the staircase, put the pad neatly back in Patsy's desk. And that's the thing. Everything was put back in its place. The pen was put back in its place. The pad was. If you were writing the ransom note, you wouldn't want to put that stuff back. You'd, you'd probably you take care. it with you. No. Yeah, or yeah. you just leave it there. Yeah. You wouldn't care. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, we used your pad. What are you going to do about it? But if you don't want people to know that it came from that pad, you're going to put everything back yeah, and where it came a from.
1: stupid move from them, though, if that really is the case. And they did this allegedly. Well, they're not career criminals. you know? Yeah. That's true. But it like you think it's brain- like common sense. Get rid of it somewhere. Somehow. I mean... I guess that's hard because they don't want to like leave footprints outside, and
2: yeah, they know, probably don't want to leave the house. They don't
1: want to do yeah. anything that could be seen from the right. outside
2: that's out of their normal behavior. Right, right. Yeah, and
0: and ju- and true. they did try to get fingerprints because I'm like, why well, don't they get DNA or fingerprints off of the pen? And but again, it wouldn't necessarily say who it wouldn't matter who wrote the letter. I mean, it, anybody could have. Yep. Uh, of anyone it, could so. have
2: used that pen at any point. And you'd think if somebody was from a foreign faction, they'd at least have gloves on when they're writing the note so they yeah. wouldn't leave anything anyways. Yeah. And so they did all this, all at the same crime scene, right before or after murdering a child without waking anyone up or leaving any other evidence. If mm. these were kidnappers with any sort of like the plan or ability to monitor the Ramses, kidnap their child, plan to collect their money and murder a child in her own house without detection, then they would sure as shit think to write a concise yeah. ransom note beforehand. And this is another thing. Mm. Like they must have been monitoring. They knew where she was. It's not like they were just, they didn't turn lights on. The lights are all off.
1: No, they knew exactly where
2: to they go. They knew exactly where to go. It's not like they were like, you know, bumping around the house looking for John Bonet's room, opening up right. doors like, oh, that's you, Burke. Sorry, my bad. Looking for John Bonet and then keep going. They knew yeah. where her room was. Mm-hmm. So they actually they were watching for a while, or there's no foreign faction. Right. It clearly wasn't a ransom note. jean Bonet was literally, you know, she's already dead before it was written or she was at least about to be killed. We obviously don't know the order. And there was nothing to gain money-wise from a kidnapping. Uh, why would a person who knew this go to the trouble of writing a detailed note and risk getting caught? Also, the body was still in the home. Family would have probably discovered her quickly enough to not send the money. So, mm-hmm. yeah. why would they think that they Defeats were going to get the whole purpose? Why wouldn't there. they have taken her out the foreign faction? Mm-hmm. Even if they killed her in the house, why wouldn't they have taken her so at least they have a chance of getting their ransom? Right? Yeah. Or it what's make the point sense? of the
1: entire thing? Mm-hmm.
2: Zero point. <laughs> the letter tries to show that English is not the author's first language. I did get that too. You know, it yeah. does have grammar and spelling mistakes, and I thought it maybe somebody's trying to make it seem as yeah, if yeah, definitely they make that.
0: Yeah. Trying to make it seem like a foreign, somebody from a foreign faction actually wrote the letter. But I was like, if somebody from, there would have been probably more or even, I don't know, there would have been more references to.
2: The sentence structure would have been different. You know, mm-hmm. different languages have different right. sentence structures. Right. Like certain words come before words like we're in English. Yes. It's it's one way. But in many other languages, there's actually things switched around. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have been like this. and I, I don't think... Especially
1: with how quick they were writing it and on the spot in the house.
0: And it was just like that first few sentences that seems like that like they were actually writing it from a foreign perspective. And then it naturally goes back into yeah. English like how we'd all write. Talk about know. fat cats yeah, yeah, and stuff. It's like,
1: yeah.
2: Wh- the good southern
0: what Where these, is the good from? southern wisdom yeah. or something? Yeah. Like yeah. what foreign that's faction not a, would say
1: that? Yeah, that's a good point. The southern wisdom thing makes yeah, sense. So, I forget what they no said. Sense. Southern
2: yeah. common sense or
1: something, yeah, but
0: they probably yeah. don't even know that exists. Like, why would they even bring that up? That's, no, it's weird. And they, I don't, I don't
2: see them speaking that way. Yeah. It's just too dramatic. It's literally written for a movie. So there's like scratch outs, grammar, spelling mistakes. But then after the first paragraph, the author falls back into a natural writing style consistent with English as the native language with no spelling or grammar errors and perfect punctuation sentence structure. Um, The linguistic profile of the author said that they had high writing ability Maybe like somebody who had a degree in journalism from a university. Mm -hmm. Uh, Native language was English, 30 plus in age and suspected gender female. Mm. Hmm. Who does that fit? All of those things. (laughs) Um, Linda Arndt? No. (laughs) (laughs) A handwriting expert concluded in 2000, the year 2000, after three weeks of studying the note that Patsy Ramsey was most likely the author of the note. There's over 200 similarities between the note and Patsy's handwriting. Now, of course, um, just like when you get people in court and trials, you get witnesses and yeah. Yeah. one with the prosecution's witness is like, this is absolutely what happened. And the yeah. defense is like, no. It's like they all see things different, subjective. But there's other experts who are split on whether or not Patsy authored the note.
0: Which is just naturally going to happen. I which mean, is not. Yeah, I would hope so. With handwriting and stuff like that. It's- mm-hmm.
2: And it's not a science, you know, the the handwriting. Um, it's, it's obviously, I think one of the um, handwriting experts said that it looked like the first couple of paragraphs somebody had tried to write with their non-dominant hand yeah mm-hmm.
0: to kind of throw them off and then throw gave up off. because they're it running does out it's time. got a and it's got a little up. bit yeah. of a more like uneasy sort of uh flow to it mm-hmm. just the way the lines are drawn
2: and everyone knows if you're trying to disguise your handwriting you write with your non-dominant hand but right then, but then patsy i mean whoever wrote the note they were like this is this hard is getting
1: hard it's cramping up i
2: shouldn't have written such time. a long ransom note
1: yeah <laughs> yeah a little over commitment there So let's go back to the 911 call for a second. The 911 call is obviously a very strange point of all of this. It's, It's very weird. It's hard to actually determine what is being said in that time after she had hung up the phone. Or
0: thought she hung up the phone.
1: Right. Thought she hung up the phone. And the 911 operator stayed on the line because she heard the voices and she thought the call was suspicious right away. She said that she believed Patsy sounded rehearsed on the phone and that her tone switched after she... Thought she had hung up the phone. It did. It was a very clear switch. Yeah, it's it was hard to argue, like from that. panic to like level. Yep. Yeah. And it did seem incredibly rehearsed. Mm-hmm. The nine one one operator couldn't talk about the call. She was placed under a gag order, mm-hmm. and she was never called to testify before a grand jury or asked about her opinion on the call. And you gotta wonder why. A nine one one call is obviously your lifeline in this situation, and most people stay on the line until police arrive. So why would Patsy try to hang up so quickly? Plus, the hastiness in the calling the police after the letter specifically stated it would cost John Bennett her life, is odd. Mm-hmm. Which we did speak about that earlier as well.
2: So if it were you, you would call. I wouldn't. Or, I mean, call. you wouldn't call. I would not call. No. And uh, you know, I, I went on the podcast when we covered this on Crime Weekly. Derek asked me the same question, mm-hmm. which is why I asked you guys. And I never thought about it like that. And it took me a minute. I was like, No, I wouldn't call. And then I was like. Maybe I would. No, I wouldn't. Maybe I would. It's hard to say what you would do in that situation. I went back and forth for a while. And I I still wouldn't say for sure. Yeah. But I definitely wouldn't call my friends. Right. If if I did call the police, I'd be like, yo, be like on the down low about it. Like, don't wear a freaking police out uniform. You know, don't show up at my house in a police uniform. Um, look undercover, you know, maybe just look like a delivery guy or something like right. something yeah. to keep this low key. Or at least mention it. She the didn't say to the 911 operator, they told me not to call the police. So no, can we keep this low key? That's incredibly strange. Yeah,
1: I mean, unless she didn't read the entire note to play devil's advocate here, like maybe she only read the first part, realized John JonBenet was gone and quickly made the phone call. But she got to victory SBTC. That's true. That's she true. That. Or she well, just she looked who, who it was from. Yeah, she could skip to the end. But it's highly I don't know. unlikely. I think it's unlikely. Like I said, just playing yeah. devil's advocate.
0: But there's I'm glad ta- you are. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to in this case. But <laughs> yeah, It is. And then let's not forget all the sketchiness surrounding the discovery of John Binet's body. Because remember, John Ramsey was unaccounted for 90 minutes. Detective Arn't told John to search the house with her starting at the top, but John immediately grabbed Fleet and they headed to the basement. And they only had to search the basement for about a minute before he opened the wine cellar and found John Binet. Mm-hmm. And again, John immediately saw John Binet before he even turned on the lights. Again, it must have been pretty dark in there with no windows, very little light coming from under the door. So, how did he know that John Bonet was laying on the floor and she was also covered in a sheet? So, just mm-hmm. such a weird, weird thing there. John also claimed in the nineteen ninety seven police interview that he doesn't remember when or if he turned on the lights. There was also no footprints in the snow, although the path towards the basement window may not have been fully covered in snow to begin with. Several of the doors and windows were unlocked that night and the alarm was not armed. Mm -hmm. Alarm disarmed was normal for them and the killer would not have had to break in.
2: Yeah, because they they didn't set their alarm that night. And I think that's actually pretty common. You know, I think sometimes people are like, I have an alarm system and a sign that says I do. So that's probably (laughs) means on all the time. It's just an app, guys. Like you just open your phone, you, you freaking arm it. Come on. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Why pay for it if you're not going to use it? Yeah.
0: Probably one of the sketchiest pieces to the discovery of the body is the fact that John called the airport hours after he found his daughter and asked them to have a plane ready for him so that he could leave. And he admitted to this. And again, he said he was flying back to Atlanta, where he was clearly from, but also because he said he had some work appointment or meeting or something like that. That is nuts. But literally, he just found his daughter murdered.
1: Come on. No way. You just wanted to get the hell out of there.
2: You got some balls, right? Yeah. Yeah, No one else in the the history of the world would be like, my daughter's just found dead in my house. It's okay for me to leave this state. Right. And most parents,
1: if they were in this situation, wouldn't even remember that they had a business meeting, wouldn't even be thinking about what else was on their schedule that day. Everything would be about their
2: child in that moment and assisting the police, not leaving as soon as you can. And they were supposed to fly to Michigan that day. So what yeah. business meeting did he have in Atlanta where he was flying to Michigan?
1: What yeah. business meeting though was happening the day after Christmas for a wealthy family who probably normally takes that it's, time off?
2: He didn't have no so business strange. meeting.
1: No, <laughs> this, absolutely not. The,
0: the CEO of the company is not working the day after Plus, Christmas.
1: So. If he really did, wouldn't we know more about it? Wouldn't he have offered up more details about what it was, why it was so important? I mean, I
2: think he wanted to meet with his lawyer. I really do. Yeah.
1: No, it's clearly. And he just wanted to get the hell out of there.
2: Okay, so let's talk a little bit
1: about our thoughts and theories in this case. It's, it's very hard. I mean, like I said, my theory originally years ago when we first recorded this podcast was that Burke did this, that it was some type of cover-up. I thought maybe the pineapple made sense. Maybe they were fighting over the pineapple. John JonBenet grabs a piece out of his bowl, something like that. He picks up this flashlight that's in the kitchen as well, right. hits her with it, and the parents try to cover it up to protect him. That's what made the most sense to me before... The more I've learned about true crime since and seeing the autopsy photos, I had never seen them before. And I mean, it's 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 a brutal murder to see.
0: It's a brutal murder.
1: Yeah. I mean, her skull was cracked just all the way around. And to think a nine year old could have done that, had that force.
2: That's hard to believe. It it is hard to believe. It's even more hard to believe that afterwards that he would use that garage. Right.
1: And that's I mean, my thought was always that he did the initial, I mean, hitter in the head and then the parents kind of staged everything else yeah. to make it look like some intruder came in. I but don't think why? Burke would have done the grot and everything.
0: Why? Why? Do you mean why? why protect Burke's a kid. It's not like the, because what's the worst that could happen though? His
1: life's ruined. Yeah, and people that well, do theorize that is this gonna, is the case, they believe that they were already losing one child, why would they want to lose both children? But they're not going to
0: necessarily lose Burke. They have tons of money. They can get the best lawyers, defense lawyers for him. And he's he's a minor, so he's not gonna get charged as an adult for this. This is this is a No, that's a good point. You but know it what looks I mean? bad
2: for them. It does. They look care bad for about them. Their, their their image. image. Right. Their image is we are the perfect family. We look like the perfect family, therefore we are the perfect family. And we know that no family's perfect. Just like those pictures we see on Instagram where we're like, man, you got a nice house. It's all clean all the time. <laughs> and then you look around, you're like, I feel like shit about my house. My, oh, yeah. my freaking laundry beads aren't like in little glass jars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're just, my like, Oreos aren't stacked in a container.
2: <laughs> They're and just in the laundry pattern. bead thing, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. I suck. And this person's awesome. That's what Patsy, I don't know so much about John. I'm sure he didn't give a shit either well, way. Well, he wasn't Patsy, there uh, either. He wasn't there. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, do whatever you want, lady. Patsy wanted people so badly to like envy her and mm-hmm. want to be her. And just be like the, yeah. you know, keeping up with the Joneses. So how much are you going to try to keep up with the Joneses when your little, you know, nine-year-old son's a psychopath and killed yeah. your other child? And that happened on your watch, you know?
1: It's hard. Or maybe they were worried that he'd be taken from
2: them. He, he, he would. He'd probably have to do something. But yeah. it's hard for, for people, normal people, to understand how obsessed people like Patsy Ramsey can become with yep, Image to the point image. where it's literally the reality for them as well. Like, yeah. that's the reality. And if, if anything cracks or if I see cracks, I need to patch them as soon as possible because I can't ever let anybody see yeah. that anything is less than beautiful and pristine under, under the surface.
1: No, that's a good point. So do you believe there's a chance
2: it could have been Burke that at least initiated the entire incident? I believe that there is a chance that Burke may have initiated the incident. He did say he got up in the middle of the night to play with his toys. Uh, the pineapple and the iced tea were on the counter. Um yeah, he, he's, he seems to have maybe a little bit of a temper, you know, and I don't know how stable he is, plays a lot of video games. And I don't think video games make you violent because I like yeah. to play video games and I'm not out there smacking people on the head with flashlights. But oh, when he was talking to the psychologist, he was like, I don't know, maybe she got stabbed or hit over the head yeah. with a hammer. You know, mm-hmm. he's so casual about it. It's yeah. not even like registering with him that that this is happening to his sister. So yeah. I do sometimes think that that these kids could snap hmm and um, and he had
1: hit her with the golf club before they said it was an, accident, was an accident but don't that was an accident
2: how either. do you accidentally hit someone in the face with a golf club man i mean it <laughs> definitely
0: happens so with that you think that burke initiated this whole thing to go down and then in order they thought that because she was bleeding from her head that she was gonna die and therefore, they needed to finish the job. Like I just said, I'm having a hard well, time. Well, she might
2: have been knocked out. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that this happened. Josh. Well, why not just, just saying
0: No, no, I no, know. He was like, possible.
2: so you think. And I'm like, you stop oh, trying yeah. to
0: catch oh, me I up. I you
4: say that too. Like,
2: you stop trying to catch me up. Sneaky,
0: I probably right? believe that
2: more than So, Stephanie what you're does. saying is, um, I think that, well, first of all, initially, when it happens, right? Mm hmm you don't she may have been unconscious so they may have thought and there's a lot of blood like i don't know if you've ever been yeah. hit on the head but i've been hit on the head before it bleeds like crazy and then underneath you're like oh that's not so bad but it bleeds yeah. and bleeds and bleeds so they may have been like she's dead look at all the yeah. blood under yeah. her head look at like she's the, the, how deep this cut is mm-hmm. so then they were staging it not knowing that she was still alive and when she came to
0: I don't know. But wouldn't it be easier just to be like she slipped and fell in the bathroom and put some water on the floor and lay her in, in the bath bathroom and no, say she's hit gonna her be, head? No, yeah. there's going to be
2: an investigation. Yeah. They're going to be able to tell that wound didn't come from the bathroom. Yeah, absolutely. They, w- they would not be able to.
0: But isn't it easier that. to, rather than stage a kidnapping murder to stage an accidental death, you know, you can get rid of the flashlight and just have her lay down somewhere, or have her at the bottom of the staircase. No, because that's
2: suspicious. Yeah, they huh? will figure it out. They it's
1: will suspicious be suspicious to...
0: that there's a garage in the basement.
2: Not if there's a foreign faction coming in taking <laughs> her. Exactly.
0: I don't know. I well, just they would
1: be able to determine whether or not that, that injury matches. That's they clearly know that this had to be from a blunt force trauma, right?
0: Right. Blunt so force it's not trauma to be the from head. slipping
1: on the bathroom or could, slipping down the stairs. You'll be that is easy to
2: debunk, and they probably would have known that when they do the autopsy. Like the Emmy is going to be able to tell was this an yeah. accident or a homicide, right? By, By the, the force of the wound, like the way it was, mm-hmm. the, the, for, the forcefulness that whatever yeah. was hit hit her with was brought down. Yeah, you're not going to see mm-hmm. that. That oh my god! I mean, like you said. Her head was split open.
0: I guess I see that from a from a forensic perspective that, based on the wound, that you would determine that there was some type of blunt force object versus mm-hmm. hitting the ground. Yeah. So they so they figured that they'd have to stage a murder because that's the level of wound that she had on her head. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, why go to like the first thing that came to their mind was go to kidnapping murder like that's that was their first thought i mean what would your
2: first thought be if you wanted to cover it up what story would you come up with
0: i mean i would well i would have removed her bot like if that was the route i was going to go i'd remove her from the house completely
1: but here's the problem with that then your feet your footprint is going to be outside there's chance of people people seeing seeing you you. and where exactly are you going to put her your dna is going to be all over her body or at
0: least put her in a in a like vehicle or something other than just what vehicle yours That
2: looks even worse. No, because then what? They search your vehicles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's yours and you're the only one who has the keys. The foreign
2: fashion left her in my SUV.
1: Yeah. Plus, they're like I said before, if this is a cover up, they're not going to be thinking this through that clearly. It's not like it was a planned thing. If this was an accident that turned into a cover up, they're going to have hours to react and set this up. Mm -hmm. So their thinking isn't going to be as clear.
0: Sure. As, like, a murderer
1: sure. who's going to plan this out in advance.
0: I'm just like, my whole thing is why protect Burke so, so much?
1: Because he's their child. But like, you John Binet, through-
0: like, Patsy's living through John Binet.
1: Well, maybe she had jealousy about John Binet. I mean, a lot of people who are living vicariously through their kids end up doing all kinds of fucked up things to them and being jealous of them. And I don't, I don't think it
2: was about either of them. I don't think.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's about protecting her image. Yeah,
2: I don't think they really gave a crap that, about that
0: selfish and evil that they were just like screw our kids
2: um definitely that's selfish definitely that i think you live a certain way for so long and i mean remember patsy was in beauty pageants from like a young age as well which is all about your image and being judged and how you're
1: perceived so
2: that's what she's thinking so So
0: they wired. they don't want they don't want to have a child that
2: they don't want to be the parents that has one child dead and the other is a murderer because then everybody and i mean i would do it too i'd be like well what the hell did you do wrong, man? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. People are going to
1: be looking at you first for sure. You're and not getting invited down. to parties no more. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. And with Boulder being, you know, not having very many incidents like this, they know that this is going to be I mean, out this there. this would be a
2: scandal, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And Boulder's th-
4: relatively small, too.
2: Very small, yeah. insular. Everyone knows everyone kind of thing. Everyone knew the Ramseys. She oh, loved yeah. that. She loved like walking into a, a women's clothing store and the, the clerks would be like, oh, Patsy, like, yeah. what do you want today? And walking into a cafe and, oh, Patsy, here's your normal. How are you? I love your mm-hmm. beautiful family. Oh, my God. You're the perfect mother. <laughs> she loved it, man. She freaking yeah. survived on it. Yep. She doesn't need food and water. She needs applause and accolades. It's like mm-hmm. she's it's it's real bad. Um, and I don't even blame her necessarily. She's conditioned to be that way. Who knows yeah. what's going on with her family? You know, we don't know how far we're going back this whole image obsessed thing really does go. But I don't think she cared about, you know, saving Burke because like you're right. She, yeah. He wouldn't go to prison. He's a nine. Yeah. yeah. But nobody's ever going to look the same. John's company was bought out by, you know, a different company. He was kept on as the CEO. But when this happens, how long is he going to be kept on the CEO? But yeah, but they, they lose could everything. put
0: the blame on Burke like they could just. Doesn't completely... matter. It's
2: about how it looks. That the company's not going to want yeah. their CEO to be the father of a, a murdering little boy. Right? It's just He's too a nine-year-old.
1: What did you guys do to make
0: him? But like why this? not? Why not get emergency services there and try to save John Binet? Because then it all comes out. Well, not, they, they I, they mean, she was I mean, not necessarily. I I think they.
2: I think. I think. I if mean, this is what happened. I yeah. think they thought she was. Yeah, Already they, I think that's what I think they clearly yeah. did. And then what happens? She's waking up as you're strangling her. You're going to stop and be like, oh, baby, you're alive. No, because now the cops are going to bring yeah. her to the emergency room and they're going to ask her what happened. I woke up oh, my and, and my mother was strangling me. Yeah, that's a really good point.
1: You know, the more we're talking about this now, I'm starting to think maybe it really was Burke. And now you've got the,
2: the, the ligature marks, too. So how are you going to explain that away? Yeah. Now you've dug yourself into a hole you can't get out of. Damn, now I'm back to my original theory from five years ago. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's hard to think that he could have had enough force to really crack her skull. But maybe he I did. Agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's hard for me to think he had enough force to do that. Yeah.
0: And and what? Where was John Bennet when this happened? Like what when she got her skull split?
1: I think the kitchen. Yeah, a lot of people theorize it was the kitchen. They,
2: that's where they were having the pineapple.
1: So One she's of his sitting, at, sitting
0: at the table. And Burke grabs a baseball. No, he's bat. sitting.
2: He's sitting no, at the, a baseball bat a flashlight. He's sitting at the counter of the table eating. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. runs by this was the CBS special yeah. theory, right? He mm-hmm. runs by, she runs by, grabs a piece, grabs a piece of pineapple, he's he flies picked, into a rage. Picks up the flashlight smack. And it's a big one of those big black the, metal the flashlights. Lights. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy duty. Like what
0: cops have and stuff, the, yeah. the heavy yeah. duty ones. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know that theory. I always go back to that one. Or he could have been in the basement, right? He could have been in the basement playing with his toy trains and eating the pineapple down there. And then she came down and started bugging him and he wasn't paying any attention. I mean, I have two kids, five-year-old and a 10-year-old. This is how they are now. Not not that they're like hitting each other with flashlights, but this is how they are, man. My daughter annoys the hell out of my son so bad. He'll be playing with something and she'll walk over and be like, oh, what are you doing? Blah, Blah blah, And he'll ignore her. He'll be like, go away, Bella. And then eventually she'll do something. To get his attention, whether it's negative attention or positive, yeah. it doesn't matter. Do something you know is going to bother them. She'll she'll do something to annoy him that she knows is going to cause him to turn around and look at her and acknowledge that she's there. Yeah, and uh, that could have been what John Bonet was doing. Like she's like, "Can I play with you, Burke? What are you doing? What are you doing?" And he's like, "Go away, go back to bed, baby. I'm playing by myself." And then she won and like poked him or grabbed the pineapple, and then he lost it because the only thing I struggle with is
1: if that is the case. Wouldn't there be blood everywhere from him yeah. hitting her? Would it be on? Wouldn't
0: there be blood spatter? Was there
1: carpet in the basement? Most basements have carpet.
0: Did they even? I don't even know if they did blood spatter analysis in this case. I don't think they I did. Think there was any blood. Like, but it clearly... that's the thing is the where wound... did
2: the blood go from the head wound? Yeah. Yeah, that's well, there was thing there
0: may, may not have been that much of. blood. That's the thing is like the, the mm. initial wound, the wound is like... Was gnarly. Everything that I've read said that there wasn't that much blood from this wound, that but the crack be some. would be shown ap- out a fractured there's be some. skull, but the actual wound where blood was coming out wasn't all that big. So mm-hmm. there would have been a little bit of blood, but not enough to like go bladder everywhere. Mm-hmm. And also there is no trace evidence of Burke or anybody taken from the flashlight. That's what I just don't get is there's no evidence. Yeah, of but the they re- also
2: said they never saw that flashlight. They're like, I don't know whose flashlight that is. Why would they be saying they don't know whose flashlight that is? Yeah. If it hadn't been possibly and potentially used. I mean, cause whose? It's, it's not your flashlight. Like it's in your I mean, house. house. Yeah.
1: Well, I think they're trying to make it. The seem paintbrush. Like the foreign faction that left it there.
2: The paintbrush was not Yeah, but the paintbrush was in your house. So you acknowledge yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. Why not the flashlight?
1: Yeah, that's that's incredible. They did find out that the
0: flashlight, based upon the size of it, would fit the wound on the head. The fracture does is consistent with the flashlight. But could a nine
2: year old have executed
1: that?
0: Right.
2: Well, during the CBS special, I think it was Dr. Henry Lee, who I love. He's so great with Mm -hmm. forensics. He did. Um, he took like a mannequin, a dummy, and re-revisited. What do they call? Oh, yeah, I remember them
1: hitting it over and over. Yes, I remember that scene now. Mm
2: -hmm. And you know. I think that they 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 decided that it was possible. Did they have a nine year old come in and try? Um, I, I forget how they. Adults. Yeah, I forget how they ended up figuring out that that he could have possibly done it. But um, I'm just wondering, like, where was the crime scene? Where was yeah. she actually murdered? Yeah, that's what, that's what I the, don't get. It's crazy. We still just don't know because it couldn't like have been that. the the wine cellar.
0: No. So the whole theory with Patsy is that she got upset and enraged by the. The, the bed wedding situation, yeah. and that she slammed John Benet's head into like the tub or something like that. But there would be evi- There would be some evidence of that sort of injury on the side of a bathtub in that case. And there's not unless you, unless, wiped you cle- it away. unless you clean it up, which again that is possible, and maybe that just was missed or they managed to get rid of any sort of evidence of cleaning up. But because yeah. again, there could have been. There was clearly hours between the death and. That they is true, been, yeah. but
2: if nobody went to sleep that night,
0: right. Patsy's mm. still
2: wearing a full face makeup, Patsy's still wearing the same clothes she wore the night before to the fleets, fleet the fleets, the whites Christmas party. It may have happened shortly after coming home. And then you needed that time to write the ransom letter, to clean up a potential crime scene, et cetera.
4: Could he have thrown the flashlight? like? That's what I was thinking. Like, just like, ah, like... Uh-huh. chucked it at her or something. Or dropped it on her from I was above, thinking about that, too. it's obviously going to pick up force. Right. Dropped it on her, threw it at her. Because, I mean, yeah, he's nine. But still, if you have a big-ass heavy piece of metal and right. you fling it at someone, you chuck it at someone, that's right. going to do some damage.
2: So this one site I'm reading, it says, the blood under the scalp was a fresh bleed, not a leak, and there was no inflammation of the surrounding tissue. A lack of active bleeding would suggest the blow occurred after. The strangulation and inflammation would have happened at the site of the blow if the child had lived a few more hours. Right. So that that's kind important of kills the, the Burke theory. theory.
0: Yes, yeah. because clearly the strangulation happened.
2: Because you'd think if, it, if the head wound was first, there would have been a lot more blood. Yeah. But that's not determined 100%. So I guess
1: no. it's still.
0: And it likely possible. would have rendered John Bonet unconscious, too. So I think that's the biggest point of contention is. I mean, honestly, what's that, first? that
2: goes more with the intruder theory. Yeah. Yeah. If the. Yeah strangulation came first and the head wound came second, saying. that yeah. goes more with the intruder theory. Absolutely.
0: What was John's involvement in this? Like, what do you think? Uh, there's a lot of talk of sexual assault and sexual abuse from John towards John Binet, and that perhaps that was a motive for him to kill her. Again, how do you confirm that? There's no way to confirm that at yeah. all.
2: There's no way to confirm that. They did say uh, chronic sexual abuse, mm-hmm. but yeah. but we don't know who
1: We don't know who
0: or when where. or yeah, it could have been anybody.
1: Obviously, your mind goes to the father because they're around them the most, but there's plenty of other people. She did have an older brother. Too. Yeah. yeah.
2: She had uh, older half-brothers, yep. things like that. You yeah. Know. That's a good point. Uncles, I'm sure. Do you think know. Burke? It's it's possible.
0: Burke could be the one that,
2: that was doing the sexual abuse? <sighs> it's hard to think that way, but I guess it is possible. Of course, it is possible, yeah. Um, anything is possible, but...
0: I mean, they're clearly not close siblings. I mean the way that they they talk he talks about her. Yeah,
2: Yeah. he doesn't seem to
1: care at all that she has died.
0: No sadness there at all.
2: Like once again, I go back, I have a ten year old son. He and his sister do not get along most of the time, but he would have been sobbing. He would have been sobbing.
1: Oh, absolutely. You might
0: fight and like Mm -hmm. say I hate my sister or whatever, but in this type of situation, I feel like there'd be some sort of emotion.
4: He wouldn't have been
2: able to talk about it.
4: Just be a witness to something that horrific. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it caused some type it's of emotion. Inc-
4: right. Whether or not you did it, just the fact that you were there when it happened.
0: Could Burke have been f- doing something to John Binet that night and it kind of she spiraled out of control?
1: It's possible. That's the thing. is, like any of these things are possible.
0: Because, I mean, going back to the 911 call and the, the words that are being said after she thinks it's hung up and then Burke is now there and, you know, they say that the police woke him up and then there's John potentially saying we're not speaking to you and they're talking about what happened. It's just like there was clearly commotion going on between all three of them at the time of the 911 call. They're all like freaking out, trying to figure out what to do, what's going on. I mean, that's just my my opinion of what I heard and what I'm thinking of when I think of what they might be doing at this time. That they're yeah. just they're just frantic freaking out. Burke is like all these things happen really quickly and i mean maybe they wanted to protect burke for whatever reason and obviously the reason being they don't want anything bad to come out about their family and Uh you know risk their lifestyle going away and all of that and so they just went to the most extreme solution i guess i mean it's just it's just it's really hard to believe that parents would do this yeah i know
1: it's hard to believe the brother did it, hard to believe the parents did it, hard to believe it, it was an intruder. Like you can find Well, flaws let me in any... let me
0: take you through the intruder, intruder yeah, theory because right. this this Yeah, let's look I, at that. I think we all focus on the the family, but let's let's consider the intruder theory for a minute. So John Binet obviously, she was in pageantry and people come to those pageant events. So that opens it up opens up John Binet as a as a potential target or victim for who knows how many different people.
1: That is really scary. So strangers can come and just watch these things. Like You don't have to yeah. prove you're related to no. the participant. No,
2: She it, didn't care where her applause is, came from as long as you got it. That is terrifying. And they do stuff
0: in public areas too. Malls. I mean, there's lots yeah. of venues where it, just anybody could be watching and you have no clue who's there.
1: Man, that is fucking scary.
0: So if we go back to March 1997, three months after the murder, The Boulder District Attorney decided to get help in solving the crime, and this is when he turned to a man named Lou Smith, who was a seasoned Colorado Springs homicide detective who had recently retired.
1: So Lou is super controversial in this case. Yeah.
0: He is. But you can't dispute the fact, his experience. That's something that I think holds a lot of credibility to him that I don't think you really can take away from him. He was a highly successful detective who managed to solve 200 homicide cases.
2: Yeah, but like in how? Career. In fact, I think that's spotless record because <clears throat> I think it was like every case. Yeah, that's he solved. Hard. That's kind of hard to believe. That sounds to me like.
0: You think there might be some.
2: Maybe you're manipulating facts mm. and evidence to fit what that's you already wanted it to be. Sure. Yeah, how and we do success know, rate that high? Yeah, we do know police do that. Oh. They get tunnel vision just like anyone else. They have biases and they have mm-hmm. their own theories. And even if they're not purposely doing it, there's going to come a time where they come across evidence and they're like "Ah, this evidence doesn't really fit my theory. So
3: ignore that. I'm just
2: going to brush that under the rug Mm -hmm. and keep going. They don't think they're doing anything wrong because they truly believe that this is what happened. That's a good point. Yeah. So somebody with that high of a success rate actually makes me a little suspicious.
0: What does Derek think of Lou? What's I'm curious to know what his perspective is.
2: Um, Explain who Derek
0: is again, for those who don't know.
2: Derek LeVaster, he was a retired police detective. He also had a show on uh, Investigation Discovery called Breaking Homicide. And he is my podcast partner. And he was also on Big Brother. He's on Big Brother. Yeah, he won Big Brother. Um, Oh, yeah. I love that. You know, we kind of went back and forth about the Lou Smith thing. Um, He came in. He came from a place. You came from Boulder, right? Colorado Springs,
0: Springs. sorry. Colorado Springs. Yeah, yeah
2: far more murders, yes. far more crime. He would have way more experience with that. Right. Yeah. than than the, um, which other would make sense recently. for
0: why they might call him up to Boulder and out of retirement. But again, he was retired too, which I think is a little, you know, why bring in a retired cop? But I guess his reputation preceded his, him. His portfolio yeah. was enough to get him the job.
2: Um, there, you know, when we went over this theory, we both kind of, kind of found it a, a little difficult to believe. And there are like some really, and you're going to go over them. Some really th- good things that you're like, yeah. oh, okay. But it doesn't explain away the other things. So he brings up new things and he's like, this is what happened. But it doesn't explain the other things yeah. that are standing out. Right. So he's not able to explain away the other things that were like, this is hard to get past. We can't really get past this. Mm-hmm. Like the ransom note. Um, so, you know, he's he's good. He's smart. But I don't like the, that high of a success rate. I mean, it seems. Yeah. Very um, manufactured almost. Mm-hmm.
0: Did Derek, does Derek share that same opinion or does he think he's credible and he if, has if experience if to back If Derek did share that
2: opinion, he would never say it out loud. It's like mm-hmm. a professional courtesy thing.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. He's I not going to He's not gonna try to like. He's say gonna whether try or not to that burn detective bridges is and, a, is a now, detective or not. Yeah, especially
2: yeah. now that the man has, has passed away. Sure. Like, I you know, see. Not yeah. going
0: to speak ill will towards him. Yeah, if he can't it.
2: defend himself or come forward and sort of like dispute what you say, he he's not going to say anything.
0: So if you look at it very logically, though, 200, I mean, he's got 200 homicide cl- cases that he won when they were prosecuted. And so if you look at, if you take your perspective out of it to the average person, that is a, obviously this guy has some sort of credibility and he's know like how magic, to man. solve. Mm-hmm. Lou Smith
2: always gets his guy.
0: Right. Every time. Right.
2: Yeah. Every time. <laughs> yeah. That. That really.
0: I don't know. So basically, Lou Smith was convinced that John Binet had been murdered by an outside intruder. He believed that the Ramseys may have been targeted for ransom money since they were obviously very wealthy, which we've already pretty much established. He also was convinced that it had not been John or Patsy who had killed John Binet. He did have a very close relationship with with both of them, which I think is important to, to mention because obviously there might be some bias there. So according to Lou, he said that the window well, where this window where the intruder would have gone through, looked like it had been recently disturbed. Lou claimed that the police rejected a request to bring in police dogs to pick up a possible scent. And in the window well outside the house, Lou noticed that there were leaves and foam packing peanuts. He also saw leaves and packing peanuts inside the basement and there was one sixty feet away in the room where John Binet was found. He thought this was a sign that an intruder tracked the debris in when he came through the open window. Or it blowed
2: in through the open window. Yeah.
0: Right. And and I thought about that for a minute too. I was like, I've had window wells before and trash just collects in there. it. It
2: does because yeah. it's a hole.
0: It's a hole. <laughs> Wind blows and it could yeah. be the neighbors packing peanuts and Absolutely. stuff. And that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody like brushed that in mm-hmm. through the window. So mm-hmm. I get that. He also said that there was a fresh print from a high-tech shoe near John JonBenet's body. And this is highly contested as well. Um, according to John Ramsey, you said the family never owned that brand of shoe, but I believe they did, they did figure out that there was a, some family member, somebody who had come to the home that they knew that had the high-tech shoe. I mean, these are basically like hiking boots. Mm-hmm. So it's like everybody in Boulder right. has a pair of hiking boots. So True. it could have been literally anybody. doesn't necessarily mean an intruder. However, Patsy's interview with prosecutors from August 2000 seemingly contradicts this. Um, it was revealed that two people, including Burke, provided prosecutors with evidence that he owned a pair of high-tech shoes. And after examining the autopsy photos, Lou noticed those unusual sets of abrasions on John Binet's back and face. And he he was the one who brought forth the theory that perhaps they were made by a stun gun. And so he went out and researched a bunch of different types of stun guns, and he eventually found one that fit the marks that was called the Air Taser. And based on this, he believed that the killer might have used a stun gun on a sleeping John Bonet before carrying her. To the basement. This was how they rendered her unconscious, or at least kept her quiet to take her downstairs.
2: Why do they carry her to the basement and not outside the house? Yeah, that's
0: why not just go right off the. You've front got
2: end? her stunned. She, you have what you want now.
0: Why make it harder on yourself to go through the basement yeah. and out that window? Why
2: don't you just walk out that door? You never hear of
1: that with kidnappings of someone. You want to be out yeah. as quick
0: mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. So what's the quickest not leave way out? More the evidence house? behind. It's yeah, late at night, the likelihood of being seen. Maybe that. Maybe they thought that that was the sneakiest way to get out of the house i don't know but john thought that was that was what was going on lou also showed some of the autopsy pictures to Arapahoe county coroner dr michael doberson who had actually had previous experience with a case where somebody had i believe died from stun gun wounds and at first dr doberson didn't think that the marks were from a stun gun however he said later on that the police never showed him lou's photo comparisons comparing the back marks with the air taser's electrical contacts and when he saw them he said that he found lou's theory interesting at, at the very least he didn't say that it was 100 or anything like that but he said could be maybe police suspected that john benet suffered a massive head injury before she was strangled in an attempt to cover up her death but lou believed otherwise he believed that some of the marks on john benet's neck showed that she struggled while she was being strangled which would mean john benet had been strangled before her skull was crushed because she had been fighting for her life and Lou was the one that believed that the skull fracture didn't bleed a lot and that John JonBenet had already been close to death when she had been hit. However, the lack of bleeding is not a sure sign that she was nearly dead from strangulation, as multiple forensic pathologists have stated that a lack of bleeding is not uncommon in injuries similar to John Bonet's head wound. Again, Lou Smith is not an expert in forensics, so him sure saying isn't. that these injuries are consistent with this or that really don't hold much merit. I mean, obviously... Right. There's pathologists and people who literally get doctorates in this type of field. So they're going to know more than Lou is going to know. But Lou is very adamant about about the injuries.
2: Yeah, that's how he always gets his man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. I see what you're saying. So I Lou mean, didn't. Yeah.
2: If you make if you like have a square puzzle piece and you're like, this doesn't fit. Let me shave some stuff off. So it fits. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he's kind pretty, of yeah. twisting mm-hmm. the information and the facts to fit. His narrative, yeah, and don't get me to, wrong,
2: I appreciate the the other side of it, like the potential a walkthrough of how it could have happened, but yeah. to just sit here and be like, this is absolutely what happened. Yeah, the Ramsey family had nothing to do with it, and he was allowed to say all of this in the grand jury. Yeah, and they still voted to indict. Yep,
0: very true.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
2: And all the other forensic pathologists were like, Nah, man, what are you talking about, Lou? <laughs> like, it, like near it. unanimous. That mm-hmm. that this was not what happened, and Lou was like, "Well, I have a doctor who say it, it, it is what happened." Mm. And we see that so much, I think, in in courts and trials yeah. and stuff.
0: It's true. It's true. They find people who go along with their narrative in order to get the case closed because yeah. it looks good for them. I mean, there is there's definitely ego in, in police departments and with detectives and things like that. I mean, that's the whole. What that's system, what you're man. measured on. That's like your your performance is measured on cases you close, cases prosecuted successfully. That's how DAs get reelected. That's how right. cops get promoted. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a whole it's a whole ladder. This to me is a little weird. That just because I think it's pretty obvious that in the military, John Ramsey probably would have learned how to tie knots at the very least, mm-hmm. but also to make to a garrote. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a it's a simple weapon that you can create in order to kill somebody, and that's something like. If in you were in, like, basic hand-to-hand combat, yeah. They probably mm-hmm. teach you that in basic they do. My
2: brother was in the Marines, and uh, obviously they teach you how to, like, fight as, like, a team, you know, right. guns and stuff. But there are going to, especially, like, during Vietnam and stuff when there was a lot of Hand to hand combat on on the ground. Yeah, you you're gonna have to often attack these people with your bare hands, and Mm -hmm. you're gonna want to come out of that alive. So you're gonna have to be yeah,
0: or utilize anything around you, like a a twig or like take a stick and then take your take your shoelaces, and you could make a garot that way. I'm pretty sure, like you could use almost anything to to make one of those. Mm -hmm. So the fact that Lou's like, no, John wouldn't have known how to do that.
2: Look at this. I just typed it using the garot, the USMC way. Ah, there you go. So this is clearly part of like... Training, yeah. yeah. Military training. Yep. Wow. Plus it was made with items from their house. Allegedly, so. though. Allegedly. Oh,
1: not the items from their house. The it items from their, their house. house is true. Yes. <laughs> Just the fact that, that John made yeah. this garage, garage is 100
2: million percent allegedly. Yes. We got you, yes. John. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> God, that documentary... I keep reading the name of it.
1: What, Sorry, really pregnancy brain. Well, what really happened? That's
0: why John's in it throughout it. because it's, How dare you make right? a
2: documentary yeah. saying what really happened when your theory explains none of the evidence that no. we've already come up that mm-hmm. makes the intruder theory look like bullshit. Yep, and it's so biased.
1: No,
0: the ransom note's not even brought up. Pretty and with
2: soon. how wealthy he is, don't you wonder
1: if like maybe he... Funded it? Ah, uh, Yeah.
0: I mean, anybody, allegedly. anybody can fund it. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. We don't know for sure. There was also a baseball bat that was found in the bushes outside the house, and police found fibers from the same carpet on the bat. And Lou believed that the killer used it to hit John Binet over the head. Why on earth would they leave that just laying yeah. outside the bushes if yeah. that was the murder weapon? Any stupid. any trained killer with enough know-how to go and enter a house and do a kidnapping and be from a foreign faction would definitely not just leave the murder weapon. Not
2: even an untrained pedophile would do right, that. Right. Yeah,
0: right. That'd yeah. just be stupid. The
2: dumbest of the dumb would. Was there blood on either. it? Was yeah. there, there like right.
0: flesh there from be, her head? There like, you know,
1: Toss
2: this, yeah. No. What, what makes you think it was a murder weapon and not something Burke was playing with, mm-hmm. you know? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't like snowing really much before that day. Like when Janbane, she got a new bike for Christmas. She was out riding her bike outside yeah. on the 25th because it was unseasonably warm. It was nice out. There was no snow. Burke could have been outside playing with that yeah. damn baseball bat. And then because he's a disrespectful little asshole, he's like, oh, we're done. And he throws it in the bushes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a great that's, point. that's totally possible
1: there's no way to prove either
0: way right so obviously for the intruder theory that somebody likely had to have scope out not only the outside of the house but the inside of the house as well in order to get familiar with it before the murder and lou thought the intruder had broken in while the family was at the whites on christmas which would have given that that intruder time to write the ransom note on patsy ramsey's notepad um again there's john ramsey was cleared of writing the note but Patsy was never definitively cleared. Mm -hmm. And again, remember the the experts believe there might be a good chance that it was Patsy that wrote that note. Yeah, According to Lou, focusing on the family at first was the right call, but he thought the police were too reluctant to investigate other theories.
2: I agree with that.
0: Yeah, I do too. I I, I think you gotta, I mean, and that happens so much in investigations where police come in and they're like, it's glaringly obvious to us that it's this, so we're just gonna go straight down this, but we're not gonna even bother to rule Mm -hmm. out other possible happens all the time. theories yeah. so it, it happens all the time that's a
1: good point point.
0: one thing to note though before christmas in 1994 the ramsey home was part of a two-day home tour in boulder and patsy estimated that over 1500 people were in and out of that home during that tour she also speculated that this might have been an open invite for a murderer to scope out the house
2: totally 1994 though right
0: right so wasn't
2: the two years before right the murderer waited two years yeah what? they could have changed the house at that point right. they could have put a couch right in front of the door and you would have walked your ass into it right how do you know why, two why would years? you scope so it out two yeah. hours before Mark, two years yeah
0: that on. doesn't happen
2: and why are you let 1500 strangers in your damn house because show-offs you leave them in, you let them in your house and then you don't set your alarm you get children in that house your children live in that house you're letting 1500 strangers tramp through Stupid. who knows where that dna came from at this point
1: you are yeah, just letting random people yep, in
2: yep very true she speculated that it might have been an open invite. Your open invite, lady. Yeah. Your open invite. Yeah. You, you act like somebody was just like opened your door and, and we were like, <laughs> come <laughs> in, everyone. And you were like, no. We had no control. Oh, come on.
0: And this final point really, I think, hurts Lou's theory more so than it helps it. Because four days before John Manet's murder, John's business made the local news for grossing $1 billion in sales. Mm-hmm. So, again, Lou's theory completely disregards lots of things. But the ransom note is the number one thing. And in the ransom note, $118,000. Well, why would that, that person ask for that when they just saw in the local newspaper that this his company just made a billion dollars? He's
2: going to talk about the ransom note. Right, right. No, the
0: <laughs> ransom note, uh, cobwebs, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, Lou thought somebody entered through that basement window and they used that suitcase to get out and they panicked, killed John Bonet potentially sexually assaulted hers or sexually assaulted her before leaving the scene and
1: and he also talks about the possibility that they were going to like try to take the suitcase out with them and that it didn't through the window
0: maybe i don't know but that window is pretty small and even i don't even know how somebody would have to be really strong Mm -hmm. to pick up a child and like pick push yeah. them through and like get up and like drag them out or it'd have been multiple. There would have been some why sign. Why would you
2: do that? Right. You just walk out the door at right. this point. You're why inside the house, my friend. You don't have mm-hmm. to get through locks now. You yeah. can walk out. It's just, it doesn't make it. An, and like, listen, is it possible? Yeah, of course it's possible. You could have had somebody who maybe wasn't completely mentally stable. And that's why you see all these stupid decisions being made. Right. That That's possible. They just left no DNA behind or no right. sign that they were there. Yeah. And if they're not oh, like they're mentally sloppy right and one they're part, sloppy, yeah. but not yeah. sloppy
0: in the rest exactly. of it. Yeah. That's why
2: it just doesn't line up. It doesn't.
0: And there, you know, there were likely eyewitnesses somewhere seeing somebody peel out of their street or, you know, hearing other sorts of sounds Although there was a report that I think Lou said that a neighbor heard a scream from the basement, but then again, that doesn't mean that there's an intruder in the house. And
2: how many years later was right. the end on the case? Exactly. So you're right. expecting somebody to remember the exact night, yeah. that they heard up a scream. Maybe it was a scream
0: or the grate from the window well slam on. I mean, it's
2: and you would remember that exact night. Yeah. You know, eyewitness yeah. testimony is already not very reliable to begin with. And then you have right. this, this is not even eyewitness. It's like you just heard something from your house. Yeah. Could have been like an alley cat running up the yeah. Head, yeah. screaming right. up totally. to the street. Totally you know? totally.
0: anything. So with the intruder theory, there's obviously there's gotta be a suspect related to the home invasion. And there's been a couple suspects out there. Um in both nineteen ninety five and nineteen ninety six, the Ramses hired a man named Bill McReynolds. To dress up as Santa for their annual Christmas party. Mm-hmm. And some people at the party thought that Bill had paid a little too much attention to John Bonet. He'd also taken John Bonet aside at the party and promised her that Santa was going to pay her a special visit that night. John Bonet had also given Bill a vial of gold glitter both years that he worked the party. Bill told his wife that when he died, he wanted his ashes mixed in with the glitter John Binet gave him and spread it to the wind. Bill felt very close to John Bonet and was devastated by her death. While all this is weird, it seems very unlikely yeah. that Bill had anything to do with JonBenet's death. Yeah.
2: Yes. And his DNA didn't match. It's totally weird, but I feel
1: like it's his, he feels like, oh, this is my big kind of claim to fame is <laughs> I'm somewhat connected to this family who's famous for this murder.
2: And he right. had like a strained relationship with his own children. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, He's
0: just a strange dude. I mean, yeah. who knows what's going on there. Yep.
2: Church came in contact with a lot of
0: weirdos, honestly. Right. There was a Boulder resident, Michael Helgoth, who killed himself on February 14, 1997, two days after Alex Hunter told the killer at the press conference that he would be caught. Michael had apparently made statements to a co-worker that made him think that he had something to do with John Bennet's murder. There's some evidence that Michael may have actually been killed by an ex-girlfriend, actually. And DNA evidence cleared Michael, and there doesn't appear to be any evidence that Michael knew who John JonBenet even was before she died. Mm-hmm. There's also a possibility that a man named Gary Oliva, who was a convicted pedophile that hung around the Ramsey's neighborhood, may have had something to do with John JonBenet's death. He had an obsession with John Binet, and he lived right down the street. Gary also attended a candlelight vigil for John Binet after she died, and a friend of his said that Gary called him sobbing on the night of December 26, 1996, and told him that he hurt a little girl. Four years after the murder, police arrested Gary on unrelated charges and found a photo of John Binet and a stun gun. They also found that Gary had tried to strangle his mother with a telephone cord, mm. and the knot on the telephone cord was the same knot that was used in the garage that killed John Binet. But Gary was later cleared by DNA and Boulder Police Department has investigated Gary's multiple confessions mm-hmm. and it appears that they didn't find him credible and they don't consider him a suspect.
1: Which is kind of hard because, of course, they seem kind of biased towards their theories. But yeah, it seems pretty unlikely. Like with the
0: intruder theory, that was my my main thought was that this was some type of pedophile killer that killed Bonet. I mean, somebody who sexualized her and was obsessed with her and wanted to have her for himself and it just went terribly wrong. Mm -hmm. So I guess Gary kind of fits that profile. But again, according to the Boulder police department, it was cleared by DNA.
2: Some people do believe that it was him though. Mm -hmm. There was something like he had made confessions, but some of the stuff in his confessions didn't line up with like the crime scene, what had actually happened. And we know there's weird people. I'll never get this who just uh, like tie themselves to cases and confess to them for some reason. And they had nothing to do with it. That is Some the weirdest sick, thing weird to me. Satisfaction, claim to fame, or just yeah. But like, what happens when you're behind bars, dude? Yeah. I mean,
1: well, that brings us to John Mark Carr, mm-hmm. a former school teacher and raging pedophile who confessed to killing John Benet in 2006. He was living in Thailand on the run from the U.S. They were trying to arrest him for possession of child pornography. Later, police discovered that carr was nowhere near Boulder at the time of the murder. So he completely made it up. I actually remember when that happened. Janelle, do oh, you? I remember
4: it so. We were so in Green Hill clearly. together
1: in Rhode Island when that happened.
4: No, I was at my house. I remember that.
1: Oh, then I was in, I was for sure in Rhode Island. Really? I just figured you were there too, since you were normally there. But yeah.
4: No, I remember it so, so clearly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super weird. Um, but yeah, wasn't him. He had written a disturbing diary with entries about killing Jean Bonnet. And he definitely was an evil and twisted man who wanted to somehow associate himself with John Bonet's murder, but it was not him. He was eventually released from jail, and he now lives somewhere in the Pacific Northwest under a new name and gender. Mm-hmm. Plus, DNA evidence cleared each one of those suspects. However, it is important to note that this DNA may have been touch DNA, meaning that the sample may not be able to rule any of the suspects out.
2: There you go. That's, that's very important. Yeah. Because I don't think she was actually sexually assaulted you don't i don't think that night that she was because it's been in the past don't you think that there would have been more dna found inside of her if that was the case Pro- i mean probably but it's hard to it's hard to say so that dna means everything or it means nothing and yeah. that means if it doesn't rule out any of these guys they could still be the person and so could any of the other people whose yeah. dna had been tested yep
1: it could really be anyone and some people have theorized that it's a- some type of disgruntled ex employee of John's, someone from work. I
0: don't know um, though. But I don't yeah. know anybody that why would why go after his daughter why don't you go after John? Yeah. I mean, Especially he
4: if he works with him, he knows how much money he's right. worth. Why would you ask for that little amount? Yeah, that's so true.
2: And John did say, like I think it was a couple years after he said, you know, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't have had her in pageants. Like it's not a good idea to put your children on public display. That's I think what his exact quote was. It's not a good idea coat. What his exact quote, quote was, <laughs> yeah. it's not a good idea to put your children on public display.
1: Yeah. So the Ramseys have also suggested that it was an ex-nanny or a housekeeper that could have been responsible, but both or all of the people that worked at their house were cleared. So any other wow. thoughts as far as theories go? Like, is there one that you just feel makes the most sense? Like, I'm curious, Stephanie, if you believe Patsy more than, well, not believe them, but believe it could have been Patsy more than you believe it could have been Burke. Is there, I mean, that's I I feel comfortable saying that it was someone in the family. I don't think it was an intruder, in my personal opinion. So that's exactly where I'm at. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly
2: where I'm at. Like, I don't think it was an intruder. And if it was, the case hasn't been made strong enough for me to to jump on board that. Right. Like, it's possible, but. Of course, but doesn't make a lot of sense. Once again, that, ran- that ransom letter is yeah. always going to stick out to me and prevent me from moving past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was an inside job. 200 similarities to her handwriting. I mean, just its presence in general. Like, yeah. is Gary Oliva sitting there and mm-hmm. writing a ransom note like that? No. You don't know no. how much John got from his bonus. You and know? if you
0: look at uh, Gary's, he actually wrote his confession out on paper and when you look at his writing, Not even close. It doesn't look anywhere near. Even if he wrote with his non-dominant, non-dominant hand, hand yeah. it'd just be way too hard to get get close okay. to the ransom yeah i i mean i have to agree with you i think i was really intrigued by the intruder theory especially just the garage and everything like that but mm-hmm. the ransom note the ransom note just really throws a complete curveball yeah. to that theory just and their behavior, afterwards, yeah, the, you the know? behavior yeah the behavior the calling for a plane and just rushing yep. out of there mm-hmm. it's, calling
2: friends over it's yeah re- it's all
1: super
0: It's really weird. hard to po- move past that so
2: yeah, I mm. think I think we are all kind of but that's cool. You know, we all kind of ended up on the same page. We yeah. still don't know the why or the who. Yeah, um, I don't think we ever
1: will. I still kind of lean towards Burke did something. They covered it up. That just makes sense to me. But I don't know. I mean, would we have seen more abuse from Patsy and John if they were the ones who initiated and
2: just did this, just decided to murder her or one of them? Oh, I don't think, I don't, I don't even, I would never go as far as to say like this was just something they decided to do one day. Like something happened. There was an
1: incident and it was covered up.
2: To make it feel like this was their only way out. Like this was their only option. Yeah.
1: I agree 100%.
2: I just don't know what.
1: Or who started it.
2: Mm -mm. But I definitely think Burke was awake when that 911 call was made.
1: I think so too.
2: Maybe he didn't say like, what did you find? You know, that could Mm -hmm. be just creative. Like, you know, when they were, what do they call it? When they were fixing the sound Enhancing when they were enhancing yes. the sound, yeah. You know, sometimes you can hear things yeah. that aren't there, but I think it's definitely his voice, and that's that's important. Mm-hmm. It really does sound like a child's voice, and it's just so out of nowhere, too. It doesn't match the rest of the sounds.
0: But just to be clear, the Ramsey family has maintained their innocence, mm-hmm. and they believe that John Bene's killer is still out there. And Patsy Ramsey, her cancer came back in 2002, and on June 24, 2006, she died of ovarian cancer at the age of 49. And she's buried in Georgia next to John Benet, and John ended up uh, remarrying. And in 2008, Boulder DA Mary Lacey officially eliminated the Ramseys as suspects, and this decision was and is still highly controversial. Lacey exonerated the Ramseys after she sent John Benet's long johns to a new DNA testing lab, and she found that the DNA belonged to an unidentified male. Again, this DNA sample faces the same issues that the underwear and fingernail DNA samples have. Multiple investigators involved in the case have stated that they highly disagree with Lacey's decision to exonerate the Ramses. They believe that in order to exonerate them, Lacey would have to name a suspect, which she didn't do. The exoneration is also not legally binding. And as the years go on, DNA testing methods have been getting more and more advanced. And the Boulder Police Department is hopeful that some of these advancements can help match their samples to John JonBenet's killer. But
2: the problem is though, like there's, there's, such probably a small amount of DNA and every time they test it they have to like take a piece yeah, and it gets, it gets destroyed smaller and smaller, but yeah. they do have that technology now where they're learning to sort of like replicate they have like a machine or something where they can like replicate current DNA to make more of it copies of it, of it yeah. yeah and then use that for testing which is very interesting and if that's the case like let's not test it right now let's wait until that's up and running and has mm-hmm. been tested and seen to be working accurately for a number of years before we do that because at this point even if nobody gets prosecuted even if nobody goes to, to prison yeah I think John Bonet would want us to know what happened to her. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. And so much is being hidden and sort of like swept under the rug right mm-hmm. now. Yep. By multiple people.
0: Do you think that if we do finally learn the truth about this case, just in general, that we're going to find a cover up being done by the Boulder County? Think District if, Attorney's office. I think
2: if we learn the truth about this case, it will be because they allowed us to know the truth. Therefore, yeah. we will not find out.
0: So it'll about be a censored, censored version.
2: Yeah, it'll be like when they release the JFK papers and stuff. Yeah, redacted. It's like something happened, but wasn't us. You know. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you, know, they'll say like, "Oh, this is actually what happened, and this is who probably did it," but we won't tell you like why it went unsolved for yeah. so long.
1: There would be pieces missing for sure too.
2: But I do. I personally do believe that there were people and agents and factors involved in this case that allowed evidence to be swept under the rug. That allowed, I mean, just the whole grand jury thing is so sketchy. Yeah. If if Alex yeah. Hunter really believed that they were innocent and that it wasn't gonna, you know, work if he tried to, you know, press charges yeah. against them, why not just do it then? Then bring them to trial. If you think that they're not gonna be found guilty, why do you have a problem bringing them to trial? Right. That's right. not your decision. I mean, I yeah. guess it's technically his decision to make. Yeah, but but you're not—you're not, just, you're not really worried about it. What do you have John. to gain from it's just it? It's so unfair to her, to it's, the American—it's unfair I mean, to Suzanne Bennett. It's, just, Jean Benet. it's you're like not,
1: obstruction of justice.
2: You're not—you're not taking care of the victim, which is what the yeah. DA should be doing. That's
1: unreal, honestly. Yeah, it's it is hard wrap your mind around. I bet it.
2: you he's been promoted too. probably. I bet you he's like the mayor now. <laughs> mayor of Boulder. <laughs> the mayor Alex of Boulder. Hunter. Alex Hunter. Yeah, let's see what he's up to. Where now. is he now? He's 81 years old, don't on. He's been uh, retired from the district oh. attorney's office for approximately 18 years. And he Damn. is <laughs> not mountain party. Mr. Hunter normally spends November to May in Hawaii and his plans to leave Colorado. Oh, how nice.
0: He's going to how Hawaii. Nice. Where did you
2: get that much money on a district attorney's mm. salary, man? You uh. can you can spend all this time in Hawaii, man. He must have invested mm. very well, you know, yeah. really well and, and planned mm. for his retirement. Or someone else invested or in some, him. Oh, yeah. Or he got a nice donation from somebody, like a, mm. a nice character mm. who wanted to like... You know, make sure that he was all set for life. Allegedly. Wow. Alex Hunter is known as the Law and Order lock him Up Bulldog. Okay. <laughs> bulldog. Just not here. Yeah, yeah, just not locking up these guys. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Wonder and, why. And John Ramsey is 74 now and he lives primarily in Moab, Utah.
2: Isn't that where Gabby Petito and
0: yeah, Ryan Laundrie were? Yeah. Yep. Moab.
2: Creepy. you sometimes I feel like we're living in a simulation. <laughs> like I
0: swear! Oh, don't All even get cross. me started on simulation oh, theater. Yeah, right yeah this podcast will never end. We'll, we'll be here for another three hours. <laughs>
4: yeah, how Someday. long was this episode? Someday. I'm not sure. It's been we've been sitting here a while. Oh, hours. Well, we're at four and a half hours. But my guess is that it's probably more like after three. probably about three and a half. Wow. All
0: right. Well, well
4: I hope you
1: guys enjoy this one. <laughs> that's what happens when you have Stephanie Harlow I know, here. I'm you, so did sorry. We just talk to- no, <laughs> I do this everyone You're so grateful. So glad that you came out. This yes. was so interesting. And yeah, Josh and I were going back and forth about all this last night. But after coming in and talking to you, kind of changed our thoughts a little bit. Like, well, did, I didn't really, really think about the
0: ransom note as hard as I probably should have when I mm-hmm. when I was thinking about this last night. Well, and, it's
1: easy to get stuck on one thing yeah, and kind of forget yeah. the other details. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with these theories: is there's something in every single one that makes it,
2: maybe yeah. not. There's something in every single one that makes it possible but then there's also something where you're like but not if this is a factor and that's that's like oh it seems unlikely
0: and that's why this is
2: one of the most popular cases of all time
1: and disputed and is unsolved so i'm sure there will be a lot of different opinions in the comment section some arguing back and forth about what you think and yeah we want to hear what you guys have to say about this case like is there one theory that really makes sense to you do you lean a certain way have you ever like, wavered from it. If you've been interested in true crime for a while, have you ever been on one side of the case and then kind of switched to the other side, gone more with the intruder side? It's it's really hard. I mean, I feel like I'm back and forth with it all the time. I mean, I, but I still always go think back to the intruder
0: is possible. Like, I still possible, think it is Possible, of a, course. Anything is possible. Because I just... The fact that there hasn't... They haven't been able to match DNA to their own family yeah. is what just gets... I'm just like, how... Like, how did they not find any sort of DNA that matches directly to John, Patsy, or Burke in this whole incident? I mean, I think it's suspicious
2: that they didn't, right? Yeah, I do, too. And and right, maybe
0: there and potentially there's more to that, and cover-up is always an option. I mean, there's so many, so many scenarios that could play out in this. But, I mean, hopefully one day we'll get some answers. I mean, for John Bene's sake, I hope we get the truth one day. I mean, you never, never say never. I mean, look at Golden State Killer. I mean. It could be 50 years yeah, from now. We could so. all be old That's, in retirement Everyone wanted to solve that one. I think there are solved. people
2: who don't want this one solved. Yeah. And I think that, um, like, this case and Madeline McCann, they're the two that, yeah. like, I, f- I feel like with Kaylee Anthony, I think I know what happened yeah. there. You know, I think yeah. we're all, I think kind we of all aware. I kind of agree. But uh, John Bonet and, and Madeline McCann. Mm-hmm their parents are so freaking sketchy, man. So sketchy. Yeah. Let's start by going over Madeline McCann now. Let's just, yeah, let's do that now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe we'll have to have you back. No, I'm so curious
1: McCann. for what you think about that. Yeah. We'll have to talk oh, about that off camera. Yeah.
2: They're so, ske- there's they're really all, everything's so sketchy in this. So it's like, oh, yeah. I would love to know if, if they, people always ask, what's the one case that if you could know the outcome or you could know the answer to it, which would mm-hmm. it be? And I go back and forth between John and Madeline because yeah. something's weird. There's something's yeah. off that doesn't add up. And why doesn't it add up? Because, somebody wanted to make sure it didn't
1: I normally answer Jean Benet because I think because I grew up with this case and I've just always been curious it was like one of the cases that really sparked my interest in true crime and yeah I wish I knew the answer so bad like thinking about that night and that some the fact that somebody knows just drives me nuts you know
2: somebody knows yeah whoever wrote that ransom note knows yep they should not have put that ransom note there
1: yeah no. Stupid.
2: We would not be sitting here talking about this if they if they could have just woken up and been like, My daughter's not in her bed. Yeah. I'm worried. Yeah. They probably wouldn't have all the
1: speculation. This case probably wouldn't be nearly as talked about and popular. I'd be right on board them. that
2: intruder theory. Yep. If, yeah. If you know it, because yeah. really draws it, it off. Yeah. Well, let us know what you
1: think. Yes, yes, please do. And thank you so much, Stephanie Harlow, yes, for coming on our show, coming all the way out to Colorado. It was so great to have you. You're thank always you. welcome here. Of
2: course. And next time you should bring Derek. We want to yeah. meet Derek. Yeah, I'll bring Derek next time. And, and then you come up to New York and, and, yeah. visit and we'll hang out. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Ugh, I've never been to New York. Oh, you'll love it. I've got to come up.
0: And they live in a really beautiful area. So I was it's looking pretty, at the fall yeah. pics, yeah, the fall of picks your area. area, and I was like, "Fall's Ooh, gorgeous, it looks beautiful." I mean, haunted hayride. Got to go to Salem too. Ooh, we love Salem. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. October might be
1: I'll a do good
0: time. New
2: England in like the fall, you can't beat it. It's so yeah. spooky and like yeah. old and yeah, kind of like you know, because it's like ancient. It's old yeah. There's like an energy in the air in October in New England, like New yeah. York and Boston, like the, you know, Massachusetts. It's just so beautiful. Everything's crisp and it's kind of like a spooky vibe in the air. Like there's
1: energy. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, people have always told me that you've got to visit and it's the best. Go back yeah. to where you were from. Yeah, I was I was born in Boston. I lived there for like a year. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I don't remember it, but I've been a few times to Boston, but I've never been to New York. So you didn't get I your have Boston actually accent. I have been to I had a Boston accent, but I'm pretty sure it was just like child accent you know (laughs) (laughs) like some kids just have a boston accent (laughs) because mine was pretty wild i had a cat named marley and i'd always be like molly molly
4: what did i used to say to you janelle uh i don't know come on janelle
1: you know you just
4: yeah, Let's get in my car like now. Yeah. yeah, the door yard. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: the yard. Yep.
3: Yeah, I yeah, definitely have something. No but... one in
2: Boston has a Boston accent anymore, though. <laughs> really? Yeah, no one. I met one guy in Boston when I was there who who <laughs> sounded like he was from Boston, <laughs> and he, I was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Man, the transplants—they're like pushing us out. They're making it expensive for us to live here. Like the people who were born there can't live in Boston now because everyone's coming from all over." That's what we that's gentrification. Yeah,
1: that's
4: yep. <laughs> it seems
1: like that's everyone's complaint everywhere, though, right? Of
2: course, and it sucks.
4: So you're not a diehard Patriots fan, are you? Me? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's like looking at me. Just want to make sure. We I'm can looking at like ah, friends. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah no, it's no. Very angry. About. I'm just kidding. Okay, no, I don't like
2: football at all. Actually, I'm, oh. a, I'm a basketball, college basketball fan.
4: That's it. Oh, that nice. I know nothing about. So I work, like college work.
2: basketball. I don't like NBA college basketball. That's it.
0: What like Syracuse? Syracuse. Yeah, my Even though they
2: suck now. <laughs> but yeah we'll come
1: back Derek and I'll come back and yeah please we'll, do that'd be yeah. so fun to have both of you guys on maybe we can Absolutely. do Madeline McCann next time maybe. oh man <laughs> yeah dive in again be awesome well we hope you guys like this episode of the mile higher podcast if you did please make sure to leave us a thumbs up on YouTube give us a rating and review on iTunes can you do that on Spotify I always forget they do, you, now. You they always say iTunes yeah. it's hey. Apple
0: Podcasts. now you can do it on Spotify as well And then obviously make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Make sure you check out Stephanie's podcast, Crime Weekly. Yes. Really, really good stuff.
4: For the deep, deepest, the deep dives. The deepest dives. Stephanie, where can people find you
2: on social media? Yes. So you can find me at Steph underscore Harlow on Twitter, Stephanie Harlow on Instagram. It's Crime Weekly pod on everything. And on YouTube, I'm Stephanie Harlow or Crime Weekly. And then on podcasts, it's Crime Weekly. (laughs) (laughs) Boom awesome
0: we'll link all that below but that is it for us today we will see you guys next week and until then
1: keep on taking your mind you. a mile, mile higher. higher yeah